Tasty new weed. Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. It's Sunday, April 21st, 2013. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination, episode 506. This is No Agenda. Deconstructing mainstream media bullcrap since 2007. From the Travis Heights hideout where SoCo meets MoFo in Austin, Texas in the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley where it's sunny again and there are no SWAT teams, I'm John C. Dvorak. <laughs> Yeah, good try. Good try. That's, you're still kind of... Like you do. Oh, give me a little level, will you? Okay. Give me some level. Talk for a moment. Well, let me take a Let me pull this... Just uh, talking to the microphone, that would help. I'm talking... What do you think I'm talking? You're going like... <laughs> What do, you, what do you mean? You're, I don't know what you're talking about. You're, you're on, tell me you're on the chaise lounge again. I'm on the chaise lounge. And you're, and and you're, so is, Huma and Anthony for the 20th time. It's a fascinating tale. What, in the New York Times? Yeah. Again? No, it's just, it's just it was sitting on its desk. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, well, in the morning to you, John C. Dvorak. Good morning to you, Adam Curry. In the morning, all ships and sea, boots on the ground, feet in the air, shoves in the water, and all the dames and knights out there. And uh, in the morning to the chat room, uh, who are uh, standing by, as always, human resources there, depleting their $9.2 million value at noagendastream.com, noagendachat.net. Um, was it someone who wrote us a note that uh, they were in a meeting at uh, at their uh, at the at their office, and someone said, boots on the ground, and he instinctively, like in a Pavlovian manner, said, feet in the air. Yeah, he did. <laughs> and everyone went, uh, what? dude? What is your problem? Are, are you man? okay? <laughs> I like that. What do you mean? What do you mean, feet in the air, feet man? Yeah, what what's does it, that mean? What's up with that? What's up with that? Well? So what happened this week, anything? Yeah, yeah I'm so... Keystone tough. Cops if it, at no, work. Oh, my God. If I... I swear to God, one thousand right, cops take down kids. <laughs> right here in my notes, I have Keystone Cops. I literally have Keystone Cops in my notes. You know, I I I have spent ever since we got off the air on Thursday. I have been um, uh, emailing, talking. I uh, actually had in my home uh, people um, who are, you know understand how these things work. Three letter agencies trying to piece together this complete nonsensical story that is being bullcrapped throughout the the ether. And I think I think I have some reasonable theories on on what happened here. And I'm just wondering if I should in in well, my, in before my, I've got a, I got the perfect clip to set this oh, up. Oh, thank you. Good. Good, good, good. Which is the rundown clip which was it was just I couldn't believe this clip. It's obviously somebody produced it, and I think they passed it around to a lot of local stations. But it was it's the complete rundown of all the uh, all the activity from well, once the once they figure out who it was and, and their escape attempt, and to right to the finish, and it's it's loaded with all kinds of embellishments and sound sound effects, sound effects, so they have sound yes, effects. Oh, it's nice. great. <laughs> I take it this is the blow-by-blow blow report. 
Exactly. Back to you. All right, Vanita, thank you. Well, the manhunt ended about 27 hours after the FBI released the suspect's photos. Here's a closer look at how it all went down. Closer? <laughs> the chaos began late last night. Police called to a shooting on the MIT campus. Where's that ALS unit? Off the down. University police officer Sean Collier was ambushed in his patrol car and killed. At 11.30 Boston time, police say the brothers carjacked a man a few blocks away in Cambridge. They told the driver they were the Marathon Bombers. <laughs> Whoa! Hey. did not heard that one. Let yeah. me no, let me show you my calling card here. It's a Marathon uh, Bomber. Oh, cool. Alright, where do you want to go? Half hour later they released the man unharmed at a gas station. Where surveillance... <laughs> Which is so in line with uh, what people... You know, they just killed all these people. I was like, but we're letting you go. Don't worry about it, bro. Camera captured this image of Jokar. Police caught up to the stolen car around 1 a.m., then a running gun battle. Explosives thrown from the car. Do they have explosives? Some type of grenades? They're in between the houses down here. Then it got worse. Police say Tamerlan approached them with a pressure cooker bomb, but it malfunctioned. Loud explosions! Loud explosions! Loud explosions! Wow. More than 200 rounds of ammunition were exchanged. <laughs> oh, Officer man. Richard Donahue was shot and critically wounded. Tamerlan Sonayev, dead. Wow. So, of course, the, the, the officer, I'm sure, was shot by these 200 rounds that were flying. But <laughs> he's shot by friendly fire. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. This is... Oh. That's a, that is a, uh, that's a great clip. And it, it's just... Yeah, I mean, we could have produced that too, by the way. That's pretty good. Is there any more to it? No, that's it. It ended. Was that, no. It seems like there should be more, but yeah, that, there was actually. It, it ended with them with the. It's funny because I must have misclipped it, which I've done. Um, hmm. it, it ends with the uh, with more sound effects and then the cheering crowds. Oh wait a minute! How can this be? Let me just I'll just double check and make sure that I didn't like somehow cut it off. Hmm. Well. So, well, okay, I'm, well, I'm looking for that. First of all, I mean, so I, I've heard at least four times this, this young kid's name be mispronounced, or maybe correctly pronounced as Jokar. Joker? Yes, Joker. <laughs> Joker. Uh, in Naturalized Citizen on September 11th, 2012, explosion at 666 Boylston Street uh, in Boston. Please, you're insulting me now. Six, six, six. <laughs> yeah, I miss that one. You're really insulting me with with all of this stuff. Um, now, here, so I think I should. I have, of course, I have some clips because, uh, regardless of what happened here, um, everyone's taking advantage of it. Um, what is no longer working is the, you know, <laughs> the idea that this should have that should have been like, or uh, it, it appears a lot of people are very disappointed in the media that it was not like a white dude with a cowboy hat with a confederate flag you know <laughs> you know good old boy in a pickup truck you know waiting to blow up some people cuz you know we got a black man in the white house and i hate taxes i hate <laughs> yeah, taxes that, we're missing that meme so so that didn't pan out that that obviously a lot of people very disappointed about that uh, but of course we have no motive this is uh, this is the big hole and i knew that that it was all messed up, and it was kind of after we had uh, finished the show on Thursday, where uh, the FBI uh, says, "Okay, here we, we've got pictures. They have that. They pull the 
the um, I, I found it f- really funny, by the way. I don't know if you saw the press conference. So the FBI does a press conference. Everyone's waiting. It's supposed to be at five, and it's like five oh five, ten past five. And there's two easels, and on the easels, of course, they have a picture of suspect bomber one and bomber two. Bomber one and bomber two. And I'm I'm blown away that there's all this media sitting there, seeing clearly the draped easels. I mean, if you're like a real journalist, you go up there, you pull off the frickin' the thing and take a look at what's behind the easel. And was like, no, we'll just wait. Yeah. We'll wait. Oh, it's ten more minutes. We'll, we'll wait just wait. Patiently. We'll wait patiently until we'll wait we're t- so they can spoon feed us whatever it is they're going to spoon feed us. And so when they when they release this these pictures, what was blatantly missing from a real uh, manhunt description is approximate height. You know uh, what the you know what kind of uh, creed or race uh, you know these actors appear to have or to be. None of that. There was none of that. It's like watch this video. Oh yeah. And then you know for like hours after that, everyone on television is like, you know, it's like, well, look at this. Oh, he looks like he has a limp. Oh, he's bow legged. Yeah. Everyone's like Dick Tracy now. I'm sorry, NCIS. Um. So, but clearly. They knew who this was, and when you lock down a city, which, you know, this is not, the, the the governor or the mayor doesn't, like, just lock down the city. This has to come from the feds. Um, that pretty yeah, the much, FBI. Yeah, that that pretty much only happens when you know exactly who you're going after, and, and you pretty much know where, the, you know, what this guy's going to do or where he's going to be. I mean, a lockdown of a city, is that's a huge deal, which I love. Apparently, according to Richard Clark, or as our, our uh, seem, seemingly inebriated uh, friend uh, revealed some monetary amount. You might want to play this clip. Because this we're is- watching that podium awaiting the president, a sentence from you, Dick Clark, after that press conference. Well, I'm so happy that it turned out this way. Oh, yeah. But we do have to yeah, admit sure. that two individuals, just two individuals, did terrorize a great metropolitan area uh, and really? horrified a lot of people who were pinned down in their houses today uh, and did cause enormous amount of damage uh, and financial damage as well. One estimate of $350 million lost today because Boston was pinned down. The purpose of terrorism, Lenin said, was to terrorize. They certainly did that. <coughs> it's funny because I saw reports $333 million. I oh, you think if anyone's going to drop the meme out, that would be him. Yeah. But you know who this was, right? You know this guy. Yeah, uh, Dick Clark, sure. Yeah, Dick Clark. Dick. But but I read 333 million. That's what the headline was. So I thought he was going to say 333, but he said 350, huh? Yeah. Whatever the case is, whether it was a code or... We already got the code 33 right. all over the place. Yeah. But it, it was some great amount of money because you can't shut down a city no, like no. this. So, and so essentially, to catch one kid. Yeah. And well, by the way, yeah. while we're on the topic, talking about terrorists, what about the Mexican mafia, uh, that that M five group, and all these these gangs that are all over the place? They're, they're during this episode where they're tracking down this one kid, two innocent children were shot dead in Richmond. They didn't shut down Richmond. They never, they're probably only going to try to catch this guy. No. I mean, this whole thing is so weird because it's like it's like theater on the highest order while people are actually 
being terrorized by the Mexican gangs in California and elsewhere and the meth lab people and all the rest of it. Nobody says anything about no, that. No. But you got this these two boneheads, you know, that were – the whole thing is just lame. And then they shut down Boston. They shut down Newtown. Yeah. Uh, it's just – it, it was – for two guys that were easily caught, apparently okay, one shot in the car. I don't know how the other guy got. Let me um, let, let me get let me give you my theory, and then we can kind of back into that. And there is a part of the theory that I mentioned before that I'm just going to hold on to, which is a placeholder. Uh, but it it appears to me, and and I've and I've discussed this with uh, with several uh, several producers of the show who. Uh, tend to agree that who also are having trouble piecing a lot of this together. I don't have anyone saying, oh, this is exactly what happened. It seems like we had two operations cross each other by really weird coincidence. So and just bear with me, John, on the uh, on on the first part of this. So um, I think that based upon the timing, uh, it was six weeks. We we already called that the FBI uh, needed to do something, and they needed, you know, it was time again for them to, to show their relevance, and what a great uh, opportunity to do this at the at the Boston uh, Marathon. And so that's why they had all kinds of, um, you know, in uh, they had bomb sniffer dogs, they had the drill. You always want to have a drill to show that you're prepared, right, whenever something happens. And, um, and it, literally, this was not supposed, there was no explosives were supposed to go off. And um, it is my belief that the actors that were brought into this were probably working for yet a third party. If you look at FBI, CIA, and a third party, let just just um, indulge me and go along with my theory that maybe this was from an administrative uh, from the administration. You know what ha- what was in the news just before this happened? It was North Korea, North Korea, North Korea, North Korea, North Korea, which apparently is no longer a threat. By the way, no matter what's happening, North Korea is gone. Um, and I said uh, initially, I said I think you're going to find out that these were North Koreans. It was like a North Korean setup. They were supposed to blow something up, but it wasn't going to happen. The FBI was going to thwart that. So it wasn't going to be the the thin southern white dude with a Confederate flag, but it would be North Koreans. FBI was going to say, "Oh, we caught them," and uh, that was going to be the impetus to uh, obviously do something um, more interesting with North Korea and maybe do something with gunpowder. But what happened is these operatives actually, and it was supposed to happen at five o'clock. This I, this I heard from multiple sources. The explosion was supposed to go off at five in time for the six o'clock news cycle. Instead, and Wall Street knew something. You know, whenever like nine eleven, Wall Street always knows, and there's all kinds of crazy short selling. Every everything is dropping. The market's crashing. They know something's going to happen. That's that's what the markets do when they're aware of something, and that just becomes a self fulfilling prophecy. Um, these guys turn, and that's why I'm saying North Korea, they want to go back to North Korea as heroes, so they actually light these things off, which is why they were so pansy, because, yeah, there were supposed to be pressure cookers, there was some actual explosive you know, um, uh, gunpowder material inside, but they really were very poor bombs if you really want to have some mayhem and mass destruction, and also, why set them off you know, at the finish line? Why not do it at the starting line? You know, when there's lots of people and celebrities and all kinds of media is really aware at that time so uh, that was not supposed to happen but at the same time the cia um has these two these two brothers and i think that these these brothers 
um, were um, working in conjunction with, let's just call it the CIA to make it easy, um, to destabilize Russia. And this is what Chechnya is, you know, there's this long-term feud, and there are absolute militants trying to destabilize Russia, which is agreed to a lot of CIA uh, help. And they were doing an exchange I think what happened is, uh, in crowded places, these kids were uh, bringing gunpowder and gun-making and bomb-making materials, dropping it in a trash bag, and then taking another um, backpack out, which would be a completed bomb, and then shipping that off to, to Chechnya. So, th- so they were just, it was just like cross signals. They were dropping something in a, in a trash can, which you'll recall was the initial report as the trash can exploded. And... Uh, so, so they, so they're taking some uh, something back. They're unaware of anything that's going on. Bombs go off. They think, oh my God, that's our bombs that we were supposed to, you know, be shipping off or we we're supposed to be getting picking up. And they freak out. Of course, the, all of their contacts go silent. So they think that everyone's after them. That it's their bombs that exploded and not some other patsy crap that was set up by the FBI. And that's where all the confusion ensued. So that then they're like they're just like off and running, and you know I don't think that uh, it turns out the whole Seven Eleven thing was not them, not true. Uh, but they basically just got silenced, just completely obliterated, and they're being blamed for this, which is the big cover up of the whole debacle that took place. Well, <clears throat> couple of problems with this theory. One, I think, is something of a stretch. That we have to, that somebody's going to be shipping bombs from the U.S. to Chechnya when they can build their own bombs locally. Or they can get them from the Middle East or they can pick up some, you know, they can get somebody from Iraq to do it. I mean, that that makes zero sense to me that they would be doing it, especially a dead drop in a in a garbage can at the, where that was, which were all these people around. So I think that's nuts. Um as for the North Korea thing, I think that you're you've been projecting this idea for a while, but there's there's a little piece, little tidbit. I think I've got it here on the clip list. Uh, a little tidbit that you you may or may not be aware of, but the North Korea thing went silent. But we did a little interesting kind of a uh, apparently a a warning of sorts that I think got the North Koreans all jittery, and then they just shut up. Play the interesting North Korean situation and tell me if there's something in here you've never heard of. of thousands of people would die. There was no question about who would prevail in this uh, conflict, and there's no question today. I think we're even more capable than we were back then. But that was the image to me. Uh, as a way of sending a very blunt message to the North Koreans about what U.S. options were, I thought perhaps it was a help, helpful thing to have said at the time. Uh, and I think the, the B-52 and B-2 flyovers the other day sent a very similar message the flyovers you mean do you know about the b2 flyovers well i knew that they did uh that they were flying b52s but i didn't know they did flyovers over north korea i know that they were they were flying around south korea but i I didn't know they flew over north korea they they did it's obvious and the the, the koreans started to change everything when they did this Hmm. i mean you can get a a b2 they say if you do enough research and kind of yeah they supposedly were flying over south korea but the b2 can get in and out of anywhere because it's stealth so they can fly it in and then blow you fly it over Pyongyang and then right blast out of there and then say this is what you're going to be dealing with if you keep saber rattling and then the whole thing very slowly quieted down no that's not true because 
maybe the actual situation uh, quieted down, but not the media. It, this, it was full tilt, full on North Korea until this happened. It was North Korea and the gun vote. And those were the only two things dominating the U.S. mainstream media. And and we were even laughing about it. Continue. You know, they got the somersaulting North Korea guy. We got the missiles. We got the marching in the street. That that continued. That was not stopping. That was not stopping. And and maybe my theory is, um, uh, you know, it's obviously not complete, and it's obviously just a theory. But it really feels to me. Uh, just looking at the explosion, at the minimal damage, quote unquote, that that it did, um, and how these these kids were were doing something else. They were they were mixed up with a different. They were there, you know, wrong time, wrong place, and they were complicit in something. But the FBI, with their their warnings, their drill, the new like mass casualty uh, FEMA app was being tested. Um, the Boston police said we're going to do a controlled detonation across from the library at one o'clock in the afternoon, uh, which was two hours before this happened. And if you look at the public library, not the JFK library, which I think was thrown in there for distraction, the public library is literally across the street from uh, explosion number two. So they were planning some kind of uh, something which went wrong. For some reason, it went off. And uh, and they had to cover that up. And I think these two kids were clearly used to cover it up. Well, I'm not saying that there were, this wasn't a, you know, well, I mean, I'm in agreement that this was something fishy about the whole thing. I'm just not absolutely convinced about your uh, seeing it so complicated as to have, uh, you know, bombs go, go cross-border exportation of shitty bombs. These things weren't even very good. Um, now, that's they, they, that's, they that, were firecrackers. They were firecrackers. They were well, yeah, that, huge that is, firecrackers. Right. They were made with the uh, well. Let, let, let me let me just. I mean, that's uh, not really much of a bomb. No, not at all. Let let me. Um, by the it, way, by the way, just as an aside, hmm. did you see this this head of the state police, Colonel something or other? He's always a colonel. He's got actually he actually has the 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 birds on his shoulder, <laughs> no. and he's got this droopy hat. No, I didn't see him. <laughs> oh my God! No, I, I stay away from all that. I mean, I, the only thing there's I was a guy, there's a colonel. He's colonel, our colonel, and he's always got his mouth open. He looks like the dumbest guy in history. He's got a regular cop's hat, but on top of the cop's hat. Oh yes, I have seen him. Yeah, yeah. That is flopping down on the top yeah. of the hat. Yeah, I have seen it's it. The dumbest yeah. looking thing I've ever seen. Well, anyway. it's Boston. It's Boston. They're a little different up there. Um, so taking this into account, I have a couple clips. So taking into account that it feels like two ops got mixed up, you know, like or you know some, something something crossed wires, and clearly the FBI, you know, we rock, we you know, we took care of everything, we we saved the day, didn't pan out the way it was supposed to. Um, so here's uh, it, it, I like the the CIA guy that that's on the Pierce Moron show, the Bob Bear. I like him because he's so out of the loop, but he does have an analytical mind. So, not he looks out me. of the loop. He looks like a mean guy. But, Pierce, I'd like to go back and say that I don't like the smell of this thing, these guys staying around. I've trained so many people in situations, not bombings, but like this. In yeah, you have. You've trained people to do pressure cooker bombs. You told us so yourself. Something always goes wrong. You know, Jimmy, he knows how to make these things, but when if you take amateurs... And you have them put a bomb together. They make mistakes, especially when it involved the remote control. So what does that tell you, Bob? It's hard. 
it, it tells me that somebody had some practice here and somebody uh, cased the area. I mean, I wouldn't send somebody in a backpack into a, a police-controlled area not sending in somebody first to call out and say they're not checking backpacks. They probably stuck around to pick up the backpack if it didn't go off. These were cool customers. And, you know, the question is, are there more of them out there, whether it's domestic or foreign? And, you know, I just don't know. But the more I hear about this, the less I like it. These, these guys didn't just get lucky. So, so he's... I, he's uninformed, but he he does realize that you know maybe there was an exchange, a drop off, something else is going on. I kind of like that 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 he's saying that, but clearly, the FBI is getting all the blame, uh, particularly from ABC, as we know ABC is is the direct uh, spokes uh, tube from the White House, and um, of course uh, the way that they've played it, the way this has been presented, the FBI, you know, Robert Mueller should resign immediately. Um, because you know they failed. If you believe in the entire security state of the United States of Gitmo, the FBI really messed up, and boy, are they getting the full the full blast from ABC. And now to the suspects. There are some new details tonight about who they are. Also, some new questions about what exactly the older brother was doing on a six month trip to Russia, and why the FBI investigated him two years ago and then cleared him. ABC's senior justice correspondent Pierre Thomas has been on that angle all day. Pierre, good evening to you. Good evening, Dan. With the manhunt not over, the FBI is looking for a motive behind the bombings. Yes. Was anyone else involved? Where did they get that training? Immigrants from the Russian Caucasus, the brothers came with their parents to the U.S. as children seeking refugee status. They thrived, attending top Boston schools. Older brother Tamerlan, 26, star athlete, Golden Glove boxer, pianist. <laughs> I love the pianist part. Sounds like your typical guy is going to blow up some people. Younger brother Johar, 19, had just become a U.S. citizen, ironically, on September 11th of last year. Once a lifeguard, he was an all-state wrestler and college student. I certainly can't put it together that he was a person firing a weapon and potentially killing people. Last night, the FBI acknowledged it interviewed Tamerlan in 2011 based on a tip from the Russians. The Russians said he was a radical Islamist preparing to leave the U.S., possibly for a trip to the Caucasus. After looking into Tamerlan's phone records, websites he visited, and associates, the FBI found no ties to terrorists. By law, FBI officials said, monitoring had to stop, barring new negative information. Too many people in this country just like him that are touching extremist websites, that are espousing things that aren't particularly kind to Americans, um, but that's not against the law here. Tamerlan's <laughs> father said his sons couldn't have planned the attack because they knew the FBI was watching them. But they apparently were not, and never knew that a dark side of the two brothers had begun to emerge. Right, so all fingers are clearly pointing towards the FBI having messed this up. So, you know, they're going to have to deal with that one way or the other. Um, and, you know, there's just... Well, I think they're going to have to kill Joker. Oh, no, the guy, he's a goner. He's dead. Oh, no, I'm sorry. He, th this kid is dead. For, forget about it. You know, it's like he has a throat injury, therefore they can't, uh, uh, you know, he can't talk. So they can't question him. Here's a, this. This is <laughs> it can't yeah. Here's I it's swear to God. Right. I swear to God. So this is Brolf, and he was in. This is, I mean, I was. This is like the funniest clip. You know, taking into account that it's not really funny when people get blown up. But this is Brolf sitting with the. Uh, I think the either the chief of police and the mayor, and he, and and 
and I think it's chief of police, and he is asking the stupidest, stupidest questions. Even if you don't know what a flashbang is, just the way he asked the questions, Brolf Blitzer should be dragged behind a, a motorcycle through the streets of Boston. This guy is an idiot. Sure, that everybody was safe in the neighborhood. Um, and eventually, we had to use some flashbangs to render the sub- subject Tell a our little what a flashbang is. It's, it's just a loud compression um, that would stun somebody for a short period of time. And then we began negotiations. It slowly, over a 15, 20-minute period, we were able to get him to stand up and show us that he didn't have a device right, so, on him. So he's lying in this boat. He's been right. there for several hours. He's wounded, clearly, right? He's bleeding. Right. He's obviously weak. You come over there, and, and what do you say to him? You, you have a bullhorn, you start saying, come up with your hands up? <laughs> no, no, that's in the Westerns, Brolf. <laughs> come up with your hands up! Well, we have, we have a uh, negotiator who was actually on the second floor of the house looking down at the boat. You in could the see him. But we, no, we couldn't see him. There was a plastic top over them, but we could have... No, no, okay, so... <laughs> You could see him, and Brolf knows exactly what's going on, but he had he t- treats this like the viewers are complete idiots. We had the state police helicopter that could tell us when there was movement in the boat by the heat sensor, so we could tell he was alive and moving, um, and we began the negotiations that way. And it, in over, over a long period of time, we were able to finally get him to surrender. Uh, reporters on the scene uh, uh, heard like a volley of gunshots going off, maybe two dozen or so, who was firing those gunshots? <laughs> it was back and forth. When we, was when he we, firing? In my understanding, yes. Oh, I, oh. My, I, I'm pretty sure it was. He uh, was firing from in, the boat, right? Right. And it was through the plastic. They saw him poking. Oh, he's poking! He's poking something out through the plastic, if you will, of the boat, and then gunfire. Hold on a second. So these cops probably ruined this guy's boat. Oh, it's completely obliterated. There's already people trying to raise money for the hero who uh, who found him in the boat to buy him a new boat. Oh, yeah, it's Erupt. crazy. And you say they, they had sophisticated vision equipment from a helicopter. Oh, yeah, sophisticated vision equipment called a camera. To see through the... Uh, through the boat cover. X-ray vision we've got. Or if you will, to see what there was movement underneath. Right. We knew there was a, we knew there was a body in that boat through the state police helicopter. That could have been a bomb sleeping there, but we decided just to obliterate him no matter what. It was heat, it's heat sinking, so heat he sinking. has a bo- higher body temperature than the boat would, oh. so we could tell, and every time oh. he moved, oh. we could see that on the up, up right. leg. So, of course, uh, this kid is dying. He's, uh, you know, and they really just want him to bleed out because they just want to find him dead. Um, and, uh, and, and one of the CNN experts taught me a new word. My concern is whether or not... Uh, uh, this young man, the 19-year-old, took uh, maybe a couple of rounds. There's a lot of bullets went into that car and into his brother. I don't see how he escaped with having none. And, and I just wonder if he's going to nest someplace and uh, exsanguinate it. That would be a concern of mine. I have to say, I... I, I exsanguinate. That's You're, actually, if you watch some of the, that show, that's been used a lot on the television shows. I've never heard this word before, exsanguinate. Which just shows you how insane these guys are. Totally. You, I mean, you know what ex- exactly yeah, bleed out. Bleed out. Yeah, it literally means to bleed out. But I guess it's a pretty word for bleeding out. Exanguinate. Um, so taking advantage of this is, of course, um, Peter King, uh, who we played on Thursday. Where he's like, "This is actually a good thing. It's good because we can get more money for the police state." So he's on CNN. 
And of course, we had this mother call in, and this mother calls in and and says, "This is impossible. You know, there's no way this could happen." Um, uh, Mr. Oil, actually, um, who speaks fluent Russian, said that he listened to her tell her story on Russian television in Russia. And he said it was uncanny. It was word for word exactly the same story she she's been spouting on CNN and other um, uh, other news outlets. Meaning that she's reading from a script. Right. Lit- he says, Adam, I could have played them side by side, word for word, the exact same sentence structures, everything the same, and it's two different languages. But Peter King, he really, this guy really, really really takes the prize when it comes to um, politicizing anything like this. On right now with the surviving suspect in the Boston Marathon terrorist attacks. Now we're hearing for the first time from his mother. It's impossible, impossible for them, to, for both of them to do such things. So I am really, 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 really telling that this is a set up. My son you would tell me. My son never would keep it in, in secret. So I would know whoever would be, to, you know, knowing that uh, if there is anyone who would know, it would be me. He would never, he would never hide it from me. He would tell me that, but never, never, ever, even a word. I love how they open the mic on Peter King in anticipating his coming. And when you when you listen to the audio of these things, it's pretty cool to hear how shitty they are at production at CNN. My, my youngest one was raised, actually, like, raised from, from eight years. Uh, he was raised in America. And my oldest son, he is, um, like, um, really, really properly raised. And uh, in our house, never, nobody talked about the terrorism. And my son, Tamerlan, really was, uh, got, got involved in the religion, um, you know, uh, like, um, religious, religious politics uh, five years ago. So he started uh, following his own religion. Really, really, religious aspects, and he never, he never told me that he he would be uh, like on the side of jihad. He was controlled by um, FBI like for five, well, three, five the years. They knew what my son was doing. They knew what actions and what the sites on internet he was going. How could this happen? How could they? They were controlling every. I'm sorry. This is longer than I thought it was. I just want to get to Peter King. Today, that this is a. Uh, forward it as the mother of uh, the suspects in the Boston Marathon terrorist attacks uh, Jahar Narzaev and Tamerlan uh, Zarnaev uh, she was pleading that they she did not believe the charges against uh, we have also confirmed that the suspect's father uh, was questioned by Russian security forces uh, but he has been uh, released I want to bring back Congressman Peter King for his reaction uh, to this uh, Congressman King obviously parents like to believe the best about their children uh, is there anything that the mother said uh, that surprises you well, I don't find any of it to be true, and I, I think it would be better. And again, it's impossible. This can't be true. It must be traumatic for the mother and the father. But again, uh, to be saying the FBI set them up and the FBI control them is just absolutely wrong. And it's really offensive. I mean, here's a country that gave them sanctuary, gave them asylum, the United States, and to. Hey, hey! <laughs> we gave you asylum, we gave you a country. How can you say this about our FBI who set up patsies every six weeks? Turn against the country like this. It's bad enough what their sons did, but for the parents to attack the country, to me, is wrong. And I also wonder about his father, who went back to Russia, he said, or Chechnya, to. Uh, for medical condition. I don't know why anyone would leave Boston, which has the best hospitals in the world. Because <laughs> you can't afford it, maybe? I don't know. Why would you want to leave Boston? I mean, that sounds like nuts. 
to go back to Russia. <laughs> it makes no sense. No, makes no sense. Two of them to be lashing out at the United States. Listen, I, I, I don't blame them for saying good things about their sons, even though you know they're, they're murderers. But at least that you know that'd be a, your parents' <laughs> compassion. But hey, thank, thanks for pointing that out there, Peter. To be lashing yeah, out at the also uh, without trial. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, of course. United States after what the United States did for them and the opportunities that the United oh, States, yeah. States gave to their sons is, is really Let's going. Check uh, this guy up. And this is almost done. It's almost done. This is the guy, though. You got to watch him. Much, much too far, and I, I just find it really wrong. Hey, Congressman King, uh, the mother seemed to be suggesting that the FBI knew about her sons before uh, this week. Do you know anything about what she's talking about? Were they on the radar of law enforcement uh, in any way? No, I, I'm not aware of that at all. I have not heard that. I mean, it's, it's always possible somebody could be on a list somewhere, but I'm not aware of that. <laughs> and I can assure you that. Uh, there was absolutely no issue of control, uh, no issue of. Uh, so, so he, right now he's admitting, admitting that they that they were under FBI surveillance. In, in any way, the FBI knowing this was going to happen or happened. No. So even uh, again, I, I, I see no basis at all in you know what she's saying. None whatsoever. Yeah, I'll shoo him there. He's just a blowhard, that guy. But the uh, the. Well, what do you think about this? I mean, I, I, I there's some something going on because this is a botch. Uh, and I actually would be inclined, to, if somebody had some evidence, I would be inclined to believe that uh, both these guys, especially the older brother, were actually uh, recruited by the FBI. Or or, or uh, CIA, possibly. But yeah, okay. One of the two. Yeah. Uh, or anybody. I mean, it's, God knows what's out there. Uh, and that would was why the one brother was turning to the religion so much because that would be what you want him to do. You want him yes. to get in. You want yes. him to be an insider. Yes. They were managing his YouTube account. Yeah. Hey, and I so a cool the video whole thing was because the FBI has done this over and over again. And then, of course, they have two approaches. One, they either use him as an informant inside an organization if right. the guy's smart. And both these kids were, you know, one was at Dartmouth. They, were, they weren't stupid. One right. played the piano. And so they would they would normally use these guys as as inside informants, especially if they can get them in the, into a good uh, mosque. Yeah. Uh, or if the guys are idiots, which happens most of the time, they have them you know push a dial a phone number and pr pretend to blow up the Bank of America, and nothing happens, and they throw them in jail. So that's your choices. So you right. go up to one of these kids and say, "Here's what's going to happen." You're going to work for us, and here's what you're going to do. You're either going to do this, or we're going to set you up, and, and we're going to right. throw you in jail. And we'll kill your mother. Yeah, we'll, we'll kill your mother. <laughs> yeah. And uh, uh, so they. Uh. So I would suspect that would be more likely. But now that – and so they, they have to kill these kids – so they killed the one. The other one can't talk, and they're, he's, he's not. He's, 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 he's going to die. He's going to die. He's a do donner, and it's going to yeah. be a sad day yeah. for, for, you know, I mean, oh, it's terrible, but we tried, we, yeah. we tried, we captured him alive, yeah. but he just couldn't oh, survive well, all oh, the well. bullet holes that yeah. were in him. So I have one final clip, which is kind of MSNBC wrapping it all up. And it's, it's, this is their executive director of, like he's the top dog in the news organization. He's so he's so happy. He's got a big smile on his face because they put him on Thirty Rock. Before you, before you do that, mm. I do. I want to since we're before we wrap. I do want to get a couple of Sharpton was on MSNBC. Oh, lovely, lovely. And I just want to make sure that we recognize the fact that this guy is actually working for MSNBC. He's an NBC employee. And if you play Sharpton reports, when you get a feeling for how, the high quality of, of <laughs> what it goes into. Uh, 
these this, news organizations. This is a Sharpton Reports one. Yeah. say the surviving suspect may be armed with explosives <laughs> or even a suicide vest. He may also be injured. Some reports say police tracked him during the manhunt by his blood trail. His uncle spoke out today. I say, Jahar, if you're alive, turn yourself in and ask for forgiveness. There's no real conflict. So the main thing is this guy, this this uncle. I I had the clip and then I accidentally erased it, which was the where he goes. They're losers. Yeah, <laughs> they're losers. They're losers. But yeah. but the, the other one I want to get out of the way. Then I won't have to worry about le- letting these things uh, hang out to linger, dry. Linger. So we had uh, didn't and you you'll be able to wrap this up. But I just wanted another aside. We had a, a situation on all the morning shows where they were they were shaking up the groups, you know, Lowers like under attack, and over on the CBS show, which is always the the third rate one, they fired one of their anchors, Erica Hill. Now I worked with Erica because she was over at Tech TV, and I know her, and uh, you know she was she was a fine morning anchor making I don't know how many millions she was making, but she she quit CBS. And went to work for NBC, and then I guess they just marginalized the poor woman, and 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 you know the the the, the kind of the pecking order they for during this episode of uh, this track down of these two guys they made her a stand up. Wait a which, minute! They said they brought her back as a freelance to be on the street. Yeah. After they yes. fired her. After they fired no, her. No, no. And, and she went to work for NBC, and she was going to end up doing the Today Show on the weekends. Oh, right, right, right. And but meanwhile, they they keep keep they gave her a job as a stand up. So here she is, and then she she to, to make it even more insulting to, to to the woman, she's on the Sharpton show. Oh God! Oh, and so God. he introduced her. She's out in the street. And the cops are yelling and screaming in the background. They don't even have her mic'd. And you can tell she moves around. She's on the shotgun. Oh, my God. Let's go to NBC's Erica Hill, who's now live in Watertown, Massachusetts. Erica, we understand there's some commotion going on. Yeah, definitely a little bit of commotion. What we saw here in just the past couple of minutes, you can, you can hear it behind me. They are, they are getting people to clear the road so that more vehicles can come through. We saw what appeared to be three SWAT vehicles, which have been at this road that's just off my right shoulder for some period of time, right after we finished that press conference not long ago, which I know you were listening to live. They just peeled out of You know your career is not going well when this happens to you. Oh, a number of officers went down. There is increased traffic, as you can see now, coming through. And as a right there, right, stop. Right there, she almost gets hit by a car. <laughs> Oh, wow. Cars and some... Yeah, I saw um, Aaron Burnett, and, uh, who I think at some point was drunk, but I think it, is, um, it, it makes no sense to play the, the audio, but it, I think someone walked by and pinched her butt because oh. she, she does like, whoop! She does one of those, and she looks really angry and annoyed because she was talking while this is taking place. I think someone goosed her. It was very, very funny. And a lot of these... Uh, because yeah, this was again, it was not a controlled situation. This is not your your typical script, your 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 typical setup. So they were really they had to fly by the seat of their pants. You know, this is not the way it's it's you know normally it's all orchestrated. And there's a place for the yeah, press to stand. Very, and, well, that's because I think you were correct. The bombs weren't meant to go off. Yeah. So l- l- here's MSNBC um, wrapping it up. Their executive news director again. He's really he's like he's jizzing all over himself because. 
last night, uh, 30 Rock asked him to be on to explain. You know, so he's moved up. That's from cable to network. You know, this is a big deal. So he's really excited. But the things coming out of his mouth about the celebratory jihadist websites. What what show? This was on the the the. 30 Rock is not the name of the show. No, no, no. The Brian Williams show? Brian Williams show. Yeah, but th- but this is him on MSNBC, uh, but he's really glib because he's been, like, you know, the guy to, to go on network. And, you know, because oh, okay. he's the expert now. So he, he's received some briefing. But listen to him describe um, how people are talking, the jihadists, okay? So he apparently has access to, he knows where to look. And he's got access to jihadist chat rooms, which you have to Reddit. have a special code. No, he knows special code. I swear oh, to God. He's got a password. Yeah, he's got a password. It sounds like he's talking about our chat room. I swear to God. Listen. Let's get more on the suspect's international links. To do that, I'm joined here in studio by NBC News Chief Foreign Correspondent Richard Engel with a big welcome oh, to you, Richard. We're glad oh, you're here. You know him, Engel? Oh, we've talked about him before. He is their number one. He. Yeah, we he's he's pretty funny. He's been he dramatizes stuff. Yeah, he's like yeah. Rock Center. Stuff. Rock Center. He was on Rock Center. That's what Rock it is. Center. Rock Center. Here we go. I loved what you said on Rock Center last night. Fascinating about how this. See, so, so this is what you do when you're in cable, right? When you're down low on the rung, you're like, man, you were so great. I love your work, man. It was so great last night. Just hoping this woman is saying this to him. Just hoping that she'll be in his good graces when because he's clearly rising. When he moves up to network, that he'll like that she can be sucked along in his wake. Am I am I right? I think you're generally right. I mean, Engel's been around for a while, so I don't know that he's rising. Mm. Suspects international links to do that. I'm joined here in studio by NBC News Chief Foreign Correspondent Richard Engel with a big welcome to you, Richard. We're glad you're here. Thank you. I loved what you said on Rock Center last night. Fascinating about how this has all sparked so much on terrorists, jihadist uh, websites. Talk about that. Okay, talk about that. Now, let's listen. Well, all day yesterday, while the city of Boston was surround, was covered with police and they were sweeping house to house, there are jihadi chat forms. Mm. Uh, these are chat rooms. Sometimes mm. they're password protected. Mm. Other times you just need to know where they are. Because I'm so cool. I'm Engel. And there are a lot of Al-Qaeda sympathizers, people who... Pay attention, chat room. ...believe in the cause, uh, believe the United States is on a crusade against Islam. And they were very much celebrating what was going on in Boston because uh, they were filled with statements like, look at what the uh, United States government is spending, uh, all the millions of dollars on security that are being wasted, uh, look at the people who are being locked uh, into their homes and are cowering in fear. This is, <laughs> this is our chat room, John. This is not jihadist websites. This is our chat room says these things. <laughs> cowering in fear. And the general consensus was that the this these two brothers were more or less lone wolves, that they weren't Ooh. part of a major organization, that there was not a group in Chechnya that deployed them and sent them as a sleeper cell and then pushed a button to activate them. They were people who were self-inspired uh, by the cause. Mm, the cause. And these jihadi chat rooms were thought that was great. And they were encouraging other people to do the same, <laughs> follow their example. Um, and then on Rock Center, I, what I mentioned to Brian last night is... Brian. I just say, Brian and I are first... Brian. Brian. Hey, Brian. Hey, Brian. Let me tell you this. What was really <laughs> important uh, was when this was all finished, yeah. there was a spontaneous applause, and the people came out of their houses. This, by the way, was fantastic. Somehow, 
um, everybody who was locked in their doors went out to uh, Kmart and bought flags because they knew they would come in handy when they were there to wave uh, the heroes, the SWAT teams, and give them a standing ovation, waving their little flags. Did you see some of those? They had these guys rolling in and armored cars and Humvees and the whole oh, thing. Yeah. There, oh, and yeah. my favorite one was this, which got me the Keystone Cop uh, meme. Was this one big giant square boxy looking thing with guys hanging off of it all around? That's the lame. It, it looked like a jitney from Indonesia <laughs> filled with a bunch of peasants <laughs> you know, hanging on for dear life <laughs> off a smoky Joe. And so, and these, and they're all they were they were all in military garb with all kinds oh, of. Yeah. I mean, oh yeah, that's your police. Remember when when I was growing up, my mom always said. You know, if you get lost or if, there, if, you're, if there's something wrong, you can always go to a police officer and ask them for help. And that's what the police officers for for. But, you know, that guy is now, you know, dressed in full combat fatigues with a, with a you know, fully assault. automatic assault weapon. Camo. Camo. <laughs> and, the, and he's driving a tank. A tank, I tell you. Our police. This is the. Or like, I've come to, this is what this country's come to an arm it's just a ridiculous <laughs> police state and then, so, then, then there's the other group that the guys that are sitting <laughs> ducks because they're wearing this day glow green like if there was a sniper around you could pick these guys off like like ducks hey and and who who who's a blackhawk was that is that uh, the police do they have those two or is that the military i mean who's flying the blackhawk said what they never said who's no, it was. but it's just like oh there's the blackhawk landing yeah Police. It's a they fucking had, Black Hawk. Boston Police, Newton Pol Newtown Police, uh, uh, State Police, and uh, and the Sheriff. I like the uh, I like uh, the uh, MS Small Biz says camouflage works really well in the city. <laughs> That's a great point. <laughs> urban camo. Well, it's not urban camo. It's friggin' desert camo. That's what they were wearing. No, actually, they weren't wearing desert camo. They were wearing the, the jungle the jungle camo. Most of them. I'm sorry, you you cut out. What were you saying? They, said they were wearing urban camo. Most of them. Hmm. It looks like it's jungle camo. Black and it's that computerized looking thing. Hmm. It doesn't do anything. It makes no. you look like a weirdo. But <laughs> that's what they were. Wearing. Hey, let me finish up this uh, wonderful uh, 20 seconds left on angle. And they weren't terrorized, and they looked very relaxed. Boston strong. And they were a lot of statements like. We're not accepting to be terrorized. We were told to go inside because we were told, and now we're going to applaud the police. Right. And that's a, a message. Yeah, we were told. We, we did what we were told. Yes, and we waved our flags. That I'm sure they didn't intend to send, but that was directly in contrast to what these forums were saying all day, that the people were, you know, effectively broken down and yeah. emotionally kaput. Kaput. And instead, they were out <laughs> celebrating. Emotionally kaput. But that's what the Dick Clark said. He said they were terror. These two kids terrorized. If you got terrorized, you have to be. You know, you can't be standing strong. I mean, you got to get these. These messages are mixed. It's <laughs> terrible. This is the worst thing they've ever done. And here's the here's the irony to the whole thing. This is just. This is going to encourage because of all the ridiculous attention these two yes. guys got. It's, it's great. Gonna encourage copycats. Exactly. Oh, hold on a second. Hello. Boston, this is Jersey calling. We want our strong back. The hell is that? Since when did this become proper English? 
It's, it's never been proper English. Boston strong. It's, this so is... we're going to have an outbreak. Maybe it was – how about this for an off-the-wall concept? Maybe this was done for the sole purposes, the overreaction and the rest of it, to get more people to do this because we're not getting any action when it comes <laughs> we, to terrorism. We need more country. action. Yeah, there you go. There hasn't been shit going on. Ever since 9-11, it's been over 12 years, and nothing's really happened. You know, oh, we, got, we, have, we need more Homeland Security. We mean, why? There is no action. There's nothing going on. No <laughs> Muslims move over here, and they just open a restaurant. They don't things <laughs> up. Here we go. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Mr. D.C. Borat. <laughs> we had one made for you. So, yeah, thanks. I appreciate that, actually. So, so I think, is it possible that this thing was actually, wasn't a botched plan, but a exactly what we wanted to do, overreact and make a big stink to, so, to, to draw some people out because we can't, they can't draw anybody out to do anything. They can only find a few dummies. <laughs> because people come here, they're like, yeah, I'm going to blow the crap. Hey, this is not so bad here. Hold hey, on a second. Girls are pretty. This is a great spot for a restaurant. Are you nuts? I'm not going to blow this up. <laughs> well, um, unfortunately, uh, this is, of course, going to be misused and uh, I'm already hearing, you know, oh boy, I'm already hearing people say, oh, you know, this is this is the problem. We need more. We need, you know, obviously, you know, the FBI needs more money because you know they don't have the right resources. I mean, th- this is the sad, the sad, sad state of affairs. Well, that's the, uh, you know, you know, I know that no agenda listeners who've listened to the show more than three or four times that is. Uh, they must have watched this with the, with shaking their head the whole time. Oh, yeah. It's so yeah. obvious. But but the the average member of the public, which is the 99%. They're all uh, in. All in. They're all in. Yeah. Oh, my God. It could happen here. Shut. It could, you know, let's get more security at BART. Well, <laughs> no, but the, 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 the what's really sad is you get like this angle guy is saying is like, you know, we're Boston strong, American strong. We won't be terrorized. No, you're being terrorized by your own police force. They're terrorizing you, forcing you to stay in your home and just call martial law. Then you know, don't. And don't by the way, they were rousting. Did, this was. Did you see the, the, the group of cops? A SWAT team, whole group of them. They'd be they pound on some door in uh, Newtown. Which is similar to the other Water, place. Watertown, you mean? Waterton. Waterton. In fact, uh, Erica uh, Hill said a Newton. Once. Oh, really? <laughs> well, and there is a, there is a Newton. There is a Newton. Yeah, there is a Newton. Massachusetts. But anyway, uh, so uh, the cops got everybody out of the house, and then they went in with their guns, you know, and then they searched the place. And the, this is this is King George the <laughs> Third. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and these is, people are, and this is Boston, where the whole revolution began. Ah, and ah, now, now you're making some sense because yes, of course, this is symbolic, very symbolic to do this in Boston, where the revolution began. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. And you know, there is a Fourth Amendment. You know, the cops don't just have the right to come in and just like you know roust you, no matter what the situation is. But you know, who's going to say no? <laughs> you got a tank. And a black hawk. Front. So what am I going to do? All these guys in camel and armor and yeah. with the automatic weapons. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, Inside Edition uh, had a, a great report, and this. So, so you hear what we're doing here on the No Agenda Show, uh, uh, often referred to as the best podcast in the universe, and it's true because we have a jingle. The best podcast in the universe. When you have a jingle that accentuates the fact. 
Um, and so you're right. People who listen to No Agenda, that means more than once, you know, a couple times. And so they have this thinking, and we don't have all the answers. Of course not. You know, things may appear over well, time. We have healthy skepticism. We have, and we have analysis, uh, analysis not interrupted or thwarted by commercial messages. However, the, the general citizenry of the United States, um, this is the type of reporting they get. But first, the ricin scare. Believe it or not, the man accused of sending poison lace letters to President Obama and other politicians is also an Elvis impersonator. Jim Murray unearthed incredible video. This is fantastic. The FBI says he's caught the man responsible for sending letters laced with the deadly poison ricin to President Obama and two other officials. And he is, of all things, an Elvis impersonator. <laughs> Paul Kevin Curtis was arrested at his apartment in Corinth, Mississippi, around 6 o'clock Wednesday night. The 45-year-old not only does a spot-on Elvis impersonation... Oh, yeah, he's great. We can hear that. He also does John Bon Jovi. Listen to this. Man, that is so spot-on Bon Jovi. I mean, it's like, I, I, I can see... I had to wipe my eyes. <laughs> it's, 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 like, it's like Richie Sambora is just walking into my living room now. He's got a five-star rating on his impersonator website. Oh, five-star rating. Well, there you with go. With pages full of glowing reviews. <laughs> Kevin, you delivered a truly spectacular performance for my parents' 50th wedding anniversary. Now the whole nation wants to know what in the world could have made this Elvis impersonator snap and mail deadly poison to the president and two others. It's something the FBI is looking into. Oh, yes, they're looking into it. I mean, and this is people, oh, man. Wow, man. I mean, this is the perfect story for the for the, the real, true American citizenries. You've got Elvis in there. we got, like, you know, Bon Jovi. He also does Hank Williams Jr. <laughs> and he's got a five-star rating. And he's available for, uh, for, he's your, for your 50th wedding anniversary. And jeez. People now. Let's thank our two producers. And by the way, I would just back on. I, uh, oh, oh. Yeah, let's just do it because well, it's I can't short. because I don't have the. Uh, oh, I have it here. I'll do it. So um, we were at uh, the market yesterday. Yesterday was very funny. We had um, like an, a, a mini impromptu meetup uh, at the at the Austin Farmers Market. We had uh, Jane and Mike, our, our local Austin producers, who actually are, are pretty much responsible for getting us here in the first place. They organized the very first original meetup during the Hot Pockets tour. Um, then there was Sir Gene, uh, who, uh, who rolled in from uh, Dallas. Sir Gene actually, I believe, thinking of moving to Austin. And uh, we had two of our producers from North Carolina, Bill and Sherry, who uh, had heard you know our conversations about Austin and are we're in town looking to relocate, and you know, so you know, I'm I'm like jamming with uh, with Farmer Chris about the eggs and stuff, and and all of a sudden you get like an in the morning, and then you know, there's just people just showing up at the market now. So we had like a, a nice little uh, coffee at Halcyon, and uh, Sir Gene um, handed over uh, three hundred and fifty dollars cash to uh, Ms. Mickey as uh, oh. as a, okay, a cash we'll donation. Make him, we'll make him the. I got the. So he will make him his executive producer along with uh, Thomas Staniszewski from Newmarket, New Hampshire, who came in with a, a check, 33333, without a comment because it was a bank check that came from one of the banks. So we don't know and what. Uh, Sir Gene, um, you know, he's 
with something. He's multiple night at this point. And I and I said to him, I said, you know, dude, why don't you like get in the peerage? You know, you you're probably a baron by now, or you know, you can you can up your title. And he's like, oh. be an earl. Well, he he wants to know if he can be sheriff. You don't the peerage. A sheriff is not a peerage position. I know. You can make with, or a well, marshal. Well, that's not either. Uh, but yeah, he's in Texas. We can make him the. Well, you know, he could be. Well, let's think about how to. Well, do hold this. on. Yeah, there was, was there's a sheriff in Robin Hood. There was the sheriff of yeah, Nottingham he Forest. Uh, he was in a, It was a. It wasn't from. It wasn't. It's not. It's not a landholder. Uh, the sheriff. He's he a, doesn't want to hold a, land. He doesn't. He, I don't know. I will. If he wants to be sheriff instead. Yeah, I think that, I think he does. What? Of Texas. Sheriff of Texas. <laughs> I think he wants to be sheriff of Texas. All right, we'll put in a special request, and when we put our sheet together, we'll make him uh, whatever he is, plus honorary sheriff of Texas. Would that well, work? Yeah, or constable. No, I think it's sheriff. No, okay, you know, I, oh, I'm, so I'm in Las Vegas, mm-hmm. and the constable goes by. Yeah. And so so I go up to the cop uh, at because the, there was a there was a impending riot that was going to take place outside the convention center, and I oh. there's a bunch of cops around. And so I go up to this cop and I say, you know, what What kind of – why is the police organized around here? Uh, the guy, by the way, this cop was from San Jose. He says, uh, yeah, he said, and he says that the police are organized better in Vegas than they are anywhere in California where mm-hmm. there's too many people that – you know, the sheriff department and county cops and the and the locals and the, and the BART police and all the rest around here. Uh, I said, "What's the constable?" The constable drove drove by, and I said, "What?" I said, "Constable, what's the constable?" I said, "Oh yeah." He said, "Well, here we only have really two. We have one group, which is the police department and sheriff's departments combined. It's one group of police, and this he says is much easier to deal with." He says, "The constable is only has one job, and he, the constable's job is to is ride to, around. Apparently, no, no." The eviction notices. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, that's good for Sir Restraining Sir orders. <laughs> he's, and he's all like, the really worst job. I said, that's the worst <laughs> job. Says, yeah, it's a horrible. He <laughs> says, all you're doing is just telling people they can't do this and that. You're yeah. just, a, you, and you're the one that serves all the papers. Yeah. Shut up, Slade. So nobody job. wants to be the constable. Right. To make a long story short. Yeah. All right. Well, we, well, we thank Sir Gene and we thank uh, Thomas Staniszewski. For both being executive producers, and we have uh, our associate executive producer, uh, Warren Carroll, who uh, will be knighted today based upon uh, Warren's uh, $200 uh, support donation to the show. And uh, these, of course, are uh, actual credits. He has a note that he sent in. Oh, good. Um, so 505 reminded me once again of the true value I'm receiving from the No Agenda show, the best podcast in the universe. The least I can do is become a knight of the No Agenda roundtable. Long live value for value. Right on. And he's, uh, yeah, he's made knighthood, so he'll be, he'll be knighted today. You know what's kind of funny is from time to time I'll get a, um, I'll get a note from someone saying, Hey man, this guy over here is ripping off your concept. <laughs> yeah, they're ripping off your idea of value for value. And I'm like, no, they're not. This is that's, that's, we ripped it off. Yeah, and and by the way, it's a great idea. You know, anyone, everyone should be doing this. Yeah, the question is are, that. The question is, are you getting real value from whatever that is? That's right. the central question. Uh, and apparently, we're well. We'll get to the the donation segment today. Will be very short because I don't know if we're just sucking on the value, but we're like fifty well, percent okay. down. You said this would happen. I don't know why. 
worn out from uh well, it's because of the news cycle i mean this is not that's true whenever there's a lot of news and we have to do the yeah people are just tired they don't they don't listen no they they're sick of it because yeah. i think yeah, the public true. you know they're getting pounded by this terrorism true. oh it's the worst I, my, one of these idiots says it's the worst terror event since 9-11 no my favorite is the worst bombing since 9-11 i'm like oh really I didn't know uh, there was a bombing on 9-11. WTC7 won't go away. I keep hearing That's this. Catch. If you have a clip of that, I'd like to hear it. Oh, it, it, I've heard it at least five times. Well, you should combine it and make one of those bang, bang, bang clips. No, that's what you know? you're good at. You're bombing, good at the... Bombing, 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 bombing. You're, look at, you're good at the at the bang, bang clips. Well, I didn't think about the bombing. You're right. It's if I, but I've been hearing worse terror event. Of, no, you know, I've heard worse great bombing. Threat. Worse, <laughs> great threat. Worse. Great threat. I was scared to death over here uh, in Berkeley uh, because of the... Oh, God knows what's going to happen next. I'm shaking in my boots like the rest of the American public, apparently. Thank you, Sir Gene. I'm not getting what they're trying to prove here. Thank you, uh, Thomas Staniszewski, and thank you, Warren Carroll. Uh, Everyone else uh, who uh, will be thanking our donation segment, uh, we'll be doing that in a little bit. And, uh, of course, you can always support us. It's very simple. Just go to this website. Dvorak.org slash N-A. And you can always go out and propagate our formula. It's very simple. Here it comes. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. And also thank you to uh, Dennis Cruz for uh, the artwork that we use on episode 505. There's uh, another thing. Our artwork has fallen off the off the ledge. Case in point, this is what I al- we always say this when the artwork sucks. When if the past two but, episodes, no, I Bruce's mean, artwork was fine. The, the art was good, but we had to dig twenty episodes back to find right. it. There was no conti- art being done on no. the spot. No, no. I, but you know, it, these artists get burned out. I don't know. Is it just a sign of of bigger thing? Maybe uh, it's it, a sign. Here we go again. Well, John, maybe everyone's just like buying into it, and they're like, oh. You know, I catch people saying, you know, you know, so I go through my theories and I test it with people. And then, you know, at a certain point, I'm like, you know, this is really weird. I really don't know. And then I'll be like, well, you know, sometimes it's just crazy people do crazy things. I'm like, no, no, I'm sorry. That's not true. You know, it's just not like this. Not like this. Yeah, no, crazy people do crazy things is what's going on in Oakland. You know, or what goes on when some maniac, you know, jumps off the bridge. You know, these Got nothing, no connection to anything. It's just some guy jumped off the bridge. Uh, no, this is too, too too many police involved, too many agencies involved, too many guys in camo, yeah. too many guys yeah. in this oh, yeah. crazy Lockdown, lock lockdown. Well, it, regardless. You know, I'm, I was almost thinking a good script would be the whole thing was just stayed so they could rob the the – mint or something you know they lock down boston <laughs> right they go in there right. steal all the money somewhere <laughs> yeah the storyline yeah it is and uh, the next thing you know then they let everyone go back to work and nobody notices well there are of course a couple things that are not getting attention uh number one is uh well actually if i look at the federal register this is uh this is quite telling the federal register is is really what uh, the news outfit should be reading uh, but they don't, uh, or they do, or they just don't report on it, whatever. 
So uh, a number of uh, waivers came through, all waivers um, regarding, um, uh, here it is, Section 7031B3 of the Department of State Foreign Operations and Related Programs Appropriation Act of 2012, uh, which, of course, uh, restricts what can be sold or um, what can be um, lent or um, financed to foreign countries as it pertains to military equipment. And uh, so we have one, two, three, four, five, six waivers of restriction on assistance to certain governments, meaning that we can not only send military equipment, but we can send personnel, we can send money. Um, It's all a waiver um, as determined by this uh, Appropriations Act for foreign operations. Foreign operations is code for, I don't know, fucking other people up? Does that sound fair enough, John, in other countries? Yeah, maybe. Okay, so we have a waiver of restriction on assistance to the central government of Lebanon. Waiver on restriction of assistance to the central government of Libya. Waiver on restriction of assistance to the central government of Egypt. Waiver on restriction of assistance to government of Yemen. Waiver on restrictions of assistance to the central government of Algeria. And, hello, and waiver on restriction on assistance to the central government of Saudi Arabia. In addition to that, the president announced $130 million in additional money going to um, non, non-lethal non assistance to the resistance in Syria. So, again, I think John Kerry and his big waterhead are going to show up in Syria with a giant check. Here it is, boys! Here's your check! Come and get it! Of course, this is not going to the rebels. It's uh, going to American companies uh, to then ship via Turkey night vision goggles (laughs) and bulletproof vests, because that's non-lethal assistance. And the president announced that we are, uh, well, the president didn't really announce this, but looks like up to 20,000 troops will be positioned in Jordan uh, of course, bordering on Syria. So, I think there's something going on there. Yeah, I've heard that. And uh, I'm a little outraged that uh, you know, $130 million is one thing, but 20,000 troops, how much does that cost per day? Lots. And, and you know, and meanwhile, we've got I'm, yeah, and half and of America being reported that we're putting 20,000 troops over there. I'm well, sorry. I do something with those guys who are pulling out of Afghanistan. Yeah, but meanwhile, we've got like 40 million people on food stamps in America. <laughs> are you kidding me? It's crazy. Also in the Federal Register, just while we're on it, uh, this is great for GE. Um, this is very weird. Uh, by notice dated January 31st, published in the Federal Register, uh, GE Healthcare and made application by renewal to the DEA, Drug Enforcement Administration, to be registered as an importer of cocaine. And this has been approved. The company plans to import small quantities in the form of three separate analogs of cocaine to validate production and quality control systems for a reference standard and for producing material for a future investigational new drug submission. So they get to import cocaine. General Electric? Healthcare. GE Healthcare. Yeah. So they've got some kind of cocaine testing machine, apparently. (laughs) 
It's uh, a, that's the find of the day. The company plans to import small quantities in the form of three separate analogs of cocaine to validate production and quality control systems. I mean, small quantities mean, and where are they getting it? Well, that doesn't say, but they're allowed to import it. So, uh, Columbia, well, I guess. I'm going to see a lot of activity over at GE. <laughs> I think uh, maybe we'll see the NBC News anchors a little more awake. They've got to get some to Diane Sawyer. Well, she's ABC, so she doesn't count. No, I know. That's what I'm saying. They have to slip it over there. But they're also producing material for a future investigational new drug. I mean, that's great. Yeah, synthetic cocaine. Synthetic coke. Yeah, that's what everyone needs. Hell yeah. <laughs> Bring it on. Isn't so that, before we get away from all these bombers, we didn't mention, re-mention the, the Texas thing, which has always been... By Mimi was just completely beside herself, apparently spending her time on Facebook, <laughs> arguing with the people saying, "Oh, we have to have the donate. We got to. There's a Red Cross the donation. Donate to Boston. Oh, no. Donate to Boston. You know, it's like so. She's beefing that. You know, they got insurance. The Bostonians, a bunch of marathon runners. This is not. If you want to donate to anybody, donate to the West Texas town that got obliterated. Yeah, and by the way, Massachusetts got. Uh you know, state of emergency funds, the president signed off on it immediately. I have not seen that for Texas. No, no, you won't see it either. No. And then we have this idiot, Thom Hartman, Ugh. who comes out, and this is the this is kind of the follow-up report. He has he has his little panel that he tries to do that is just doesn't work because he's not a good panel host. But play play this crazy assertion that he makes here on his show. Reveals that West Chemical and Fertilizer Company, the plant in Texas, West, the West is actually the town, it's not the part of Texas, it's a little, little teeny town down in Texas, uh, had not been inspected by OSHA since 1985. And they were sitting on enough of this uh, ammonium nitrate, which is what Tim McVeigh used in his bomb, to blow up West Texas, which uh -huh. is what happened. And although they had, uh, in 2006, they'd been cited for not having good risk management, paid a fine, but nobody had inspected them. Um, I would submit that this is a good example of why we need big government. So, Adam, <laughs> in your libertarian world, the oh, is he has Kokesh on there, whatever his name? Ugh. The way that you no, solve no. these problems is these people die, this thing blows up, and everybody else goes, no, oh, that's terrible, is, let's not do that. This is actually an example of why big government wouldn't have saved these people. There was already regulations on the books. But OSHA there was no inspection. The government wasn't big enough. Which is the uh, no, they were quite big enough. They could have gone down there any time they wanted to and taken a look under the there hood. But they didn't to because, guess, guess what, every they were paid. Uh, they were paid off. It's Laurel and Hardy. I'm telling you, this guy, I don't get this this kind of logic. How much do you think he makes a year? You know, if you were, let's see, Brian or a, a Lauer, Matt Lauer makes $25 million a year. No, okay? no, yes, yeah. no, yeah, no, yes. <laughs> Please, you can't know. Matt Lauer's salary, $25 million. The guy auditioned for VH1. Well, well, it says, well, it's a Wikipedia says it's twenty five million, but Wikipedia also has my height as four one. So you know, no, this is not from Wikipedia. Yes, it's anyway, a, I'm looking at Wikipedia. This contract it became pretty public. Twenty five. You, you always get the feeling you 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 have some belief that these guys aren't making any money. All you have to do is the math on O'Reilly. No, no, and I, what he makes daily, no. what that show makes on a daily basis, and why he makes so much money. You know, I, 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 I'm very familiar with media salaries, and they've always been overhyped. I just don't believe $25 million. 
Okay. I mean, they may say that, but I don't think he's making Well, let's get back to the point. What do you think this guy's making? I think he makes... I think he probably makes about 40000 a year. Maybe. <laughs> I'm thinking thirty eight. <laughs> Doesn't he have a radio show? Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm that, sure that that's, rakes it in, too. No, I'm sad he's making money on the radio show. No, maybe. Yeah. The syndicators take most of that Do money. Do you think he's doing better than we are? Well, by today's numbers, he is. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. That really helped. Hmm. So I was uh, watching uh, some hearings being sick of this Boston bull crap. Mm. And so I ran into uh, this hearing. Of, uh, this is the worst ever. There's this guy. And by the way, I mean, you can play the get the get your finger ready on the douchebag button. OK. But it, this was hearings on marijuana. Oh, boy. With Michelle. Oh, wait a minute. Was this conveniently timed for for April 20th, 420? Is that why this was all taking place? It could be. Mm hmm. Whatever the case was. Yesterday, by the way, was 420. That's correct. Uh, Thanks for all the 420s, everybody. Yeah, we didn't get yeah, one. Big help. Yeah, well, we don't have a lot of dope smokers, apparently, listening yeah. to the show. Yeah, we do. Uh, so yes, Michelle, we do. You, should go, you should Google this woman, Michelle Leonhart, L-E-O-N-H-A-R-T, who is the director of the DEA. She's the administ She's the top dog. She's an idiot. Oh, we Haven't we played her before where she doesn't know nothing? She doesn't know nothing. Yeah, yeah, we, we, we've definitely, uh, yeah. And she just sounds like a moron. Yeah. So they had this Frank Wolf, and anyone in Virginia, this is a, de a Republican, anyone in Virginia who's got Frank Wolf as a representative should vote him out. <laughs> he besides, sound, besides, by the way, everybody in this hearing sounded stoned. And, <laughs> and, 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 the, and there was all this assistance in the back, you know, all the interns and everybody sitting back there. Eating and they chips. were like, Look, Constantly looking at each other as though they're saying, oh, my God, what, what if they catch us? <laughs> so just to get a little taste of this, we can play the marijuana and the DEA part one and listen to how stupid these people sound. These are the people making tons of money, uh, and there are our leaders. There will be an amendment to legalize marijuana on the floor when this bill comes up. Guaran guar guaranteed. Are you sick? Could you say then that in a state that legalizes marijuana, Washington State, Colorado, some of that marijuana will be supplied by Mexican drug cartels when that time comes? Well, a lot will depend on what, what the different states' law says. But l let's take the states that have already passed medical marijuana. Okay. Right. We see an influence of Mexican marijuana, uh, especially <laughs> out west with the dispensaries. It's the good shit. That's what you want. Um, we a lot of people are saying, well, let's let's experiment with this. We don't need to experiment with it. We know what happened with uh, medical marijuana in these states. Um, use grew. Use grew overnight. I was a special agent in charge in Los Angeles. Um, overnight, uh, dispensaries, uh, more dispensaries than Starbucks, uh, and it has gotten to the point so out of hand that cities and municipalities in, in South, uh, Southern California are, are banning dispensaries in uh, coming to their areas because they saw what happened. They saw the influence of more crime in that area, um, you know, face it, 
do a little surveillance like we do on some of these what? dispensaries. <laughs> She's doing stakeouts, apparently, John. She's uh, yeah, all eat, <clears throat> eating donuts. And you'll see that the primary uh, patients of the dispensary are males from, oh. uh, you know, age of 18 uh, 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 to 26. You know, our prime target for Adderall and, uh, and other groovy stuff. And uh, there's a lot of apparent sick people out there. So... Good. We are stop. concerned. What? Stop. Oh, stop. I, I want to get to these other clips. Well, she's, she's almost done. Uh, she's almost uh, done. But you're not missing anything. Okay. <clears throat> so uh, she said two things. <clears throat> One, I didn't know that Starbucks was a metric. Yes. No, st- Starbucks is a great metric. It's it's the new McDonald's, you know. So Starbucks is a metric, and there's more of these dispensaries than the, in the than Los Starbucks. Angeles area. We than have 112 Starbucks. We have never droned a country that has a Starbucks. That's the new metric, you see. I like it. Yeah. And then this crime thing here. So today's uh, Huffington Post, San Francisco. Nine years ago, a small medical marijuana dispensary opened in San Francisco's Lower Hate. The vapor room quickly <laughs> found its place within the neighborhood, and its presence had an interesting, if not counterintuitive, effect. It appears to have reduced crime. Yeah, of course it does. <sighs> here, I, I, want, I do want to say one thing, if I can just interject. So yesterday was 420. And uh, the news reports, you know, show everyone lighting up at 4.20 in the afternoon. Um, you know, so I, and I was a major, major user of the holy herb marijuana for 10 years from wake and bake to sleepy time. And just all if, if I could get up, cause if I almost was setting my alarm at three in the morning. I need a toke at three in the morning just to go back to really? sleep. No. But that, but but it could. I like that. That was a good part of the story. <laughs> All right, it's hereby true. Put it in the wiki. Put it on my wiki page. Um, what I saw the news like in Seattle and uh, Boulder, you look like assholes when you do that. Can I just say that? You know, so I'm all for marijuana. I think it's great. You know, but it's like you know, it's like you're sitting on the street like guzzling Jack Daniels. You look like a dick. When you do that, and you do nothing for promotion of what I think is a, is a, a very medicinal plant and very very useful and tasty to smoke, although I don't do it anymore. Um, did this four to never get tasty from that? But go on. You haven't ever. When's the last time you smoked it? I don't smoke it. No, but you have, right? You smoked it in your lifetime. I was a kid, right? So how can you even remember what it tastes like? There's some weed that is really tasty. The new, okay, the new, fine. Go the, on. Hey, the new weed is tasty. Definitely. Tasty new weed. Thank you for the opening. That is 121. Got it. Um, but when people sit around on, on the outside on the steps and like, oh, hey, we're gonna, it's legal. We're going to let up. They can't, the cops can't do anything. You make everyone who smokes weed look like a dick. Stop it. Celebrate 420, fine, you know, but oh, just Let's sort of celebrate. It's just a date. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a weed culture thing. That's okay. I'm okay with that. But you know, take a trip to Jamaica and then go sit with some Rastafari and really learn about the culture of weed. Really learn about it. What what this thing can do for this magical plant that burns hotter than coal. Anywho, so just stop that. It's not funny. You don't need it anymore. So play the uh, clip. The, 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 this this thing got worse and worse. Uh, play clip uh, three, and you hear some of the crazy memes that come in. I, I'd be surprised if you can't 
not laugh at this particular clip. Um, I'm worried about um, some figures from Colorado just since medical marijuana uh, uh, became legal there. Uh, We can't sell any more cancer medication because people are curing themselves. This is an outrage. Actually, marijuana was legalized, not medical marijuana. That's okay. She doesn't know what she's talking about. She's an idiot. Car accidents and fatal car accidents. I've got some figures I could give you on that. Um, There will be an increase in car accidents and fatal car accidents. Increase in car accidents is... By the way, way, stop. This guy cannot finish a word. It constantly says, fail car accident. (laughs) Accident. Let me listen again. Hey, man. Uh, What's up? These words are concatenated. It just cuts them off. Fatal car accidents. Increase in car accidents is got to be a major concern. Um, In (laughs) fact, a driver who oh. has used marijuana is twice as likely to have a crash than someone that didn't. Oh, this is a statistic. <laughs> it depends if he's in reverse, which is what most people on weed do. It's like, <laughs> I can back it up all the way home. Watch. Um, there are a lot of st- statistics out there because people have looked at the science. And the science, science tells us that marijuana belongs in Schedule 1 because it's <laughs> high potential for abuse. More teens science. enter drug treatment for marijuana addiction than other other illegal drugs and alcohol. So, All right. So, um... Ah, you stepped on the ending. What? It was over. Play the very end again. Oh, hold on a second. I'm sorry. It was not always clear, you know, you like you, you, you I can't put little codes in these little things. Yes, because fifty percent of your clips you say stop before it's over. So I don't know. Hold on, here we go. I'll get it. Admit it in the record. Be glad to give you that one. Let me back it up a little more. That has you, shown a study that, like that. that. Study yes. That we be can glad to in the record. Be glad to give you that one. What I don't get back far enough. Okay. Hold on. By the time that they're, I think, in their 20s, um, they can, they've been testing to show about an 8% drop in IQ. 8% drop in IQ. I don't know any other drug that has shown a study that, like that. Yes, that be glad. In the record. Be glad to give you that one. Okay. True. Fact. 8% drop in IQ. Fact. Of course. Well, it's, it's actually what they've determined if you do enough reading. It's not 8% anything. It's eight points. Oh, eight point drop. If you start when you're 13 and right. smoke it like a maniac until you're about 21. And uh, and can you measure IQ on the Starbucks scale? Well, the way it seems to work to me that you're so stoned when you're taking the IQ test <laughs> when you're 21 that, yeah, you're probably going to be off a few points. I've never really bought into the whole number thing on IQ. I, 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 I'm... It's- I did. Yeah, well, what do you think my IQ is? I'll tell you because I had it measured. What is my IQ? Thirty-one. Ha! So I went on the national IQ test in the Netherlands several years ago. Wow, ten years ago probably. No, five, six, seven years ago. And uh, so the national IQ test is where you get a whole bunch of celebrities and they go on television and they take the test. And then you know, and then the test is scored. You and make then, it an event. Yeah, it's a reality television show. Oh. It's called the National IQ Test because it actually it, it ran in the States for a season or two. It was, it was pretty big. 
and you know because then you can play along at home. And so you said one thirty one. Thank you. I appreciate that. You know what my my actual score was one hundred. Crap. Right. So nobody has a hundred. So so what is bullcrap? Are the numbers bullcrap or is the test? I think the the whole idea of a test is bullcrap. How can you measure IQ? That's bullshit. You can't measure that. I, I'm not buying into the whole thing. Well, if I had a hundred, I'd say the same thing. What? So, uh, <laughs> what? Hey, <laughs> All right. Well, you just don't want to see you. You just don't want to get into an intelligent uh, conversation with me about the bull crap. And so what is your IQ? You've had it measured. Uh, it came out a couple of different numbers. Yeah. Like at 138 once and 142 a second time. Right. And who measured that? Mensa? No, I didn't. I, Mensa. And yeah, I know. I agree. It's, it's also very cultural. So even though it's not supposed to be. Let's play. Okay, we got through some more clips left. I can't remember which one had. There's the gateway drug clip. This is a good clip. Uh, the one I would like to have is this guy Bunner comes in and let's see. Was there a short clip here? Try the try the hmm, try the part five clip. And see where that goes. Okie dokie. Let's see where it goes. I think Dr. Harris is right. I think the attorney yeah. general and the attorney general is coming up next okay, week. Okay, hold on a second. Stop. I'm making you stop constantly. Okay, at this clip, the guy, they, they, a, another congressman chimes in. This is Joe J O Bonner, and that's a man, by the way. Mm-hmm. He's from Alabama, Mobile, and he. You have to imagine him when he speaks. He, he he's as though they're talking about marijuana and all the rest of it until, and he's got this snide look on his face, like he's just figured something out that's really important. Like, remember, George Bush used to put this look on his face once in a while, like he he knows something. <laughs> he puts this look on his face to tell everyone, but has anyone noticed that the drug is illegal? <laughs> I mean, it's the dumbest thing you've ever heard. Okay. You know, you might ask him, or if you don't ask him, I'll ask him. I, I think the attorney general is really going to have to speak out on this. He cannot pull a punches pilot and... Uh, Wash his hands. A Pontius pilot, huh? Mr. Chairman. Yes, Mr. Bonner. Outstanding question, but but, and I'm not trying to put words in the administrator's mouth. She said this is a dangerous drug, but it's also an illegal drug. It's correct. So it's a dangerous illegal drug. It. I think this has been an insightful hearing today. Yeah, and, I, I, and, and I will say the attorney general is aware of that. We have we have been able to give input on the concerns we have, and he is looking at it. He's studying it. He's looking at those legal. You know, the DEA isn't going to look at the legal implications there, but but he is, and he has said that um, they're doing a very good look at it. Both states, what they passed, are, are very different. Um, they're taking the time to, to look at it and then to figure out a, a way forward. It, it really may require the president of the United States to uh, speak out. Yeah, or, uh, or give up his weed. So they're going to look at it. 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 Relevant. These, I, have, these, I have a relevant clip. I have a relevant clip. Hit it. Uh, I mean, every single time I saw him, he'd make sure to say hi. Um, he was very calm, relaxed all the time. For people who knew him, there were no warning signs. Andrew describes an average college sophomore who played intramural soccer, enjoyed FIFA soccer video games, and smoked a lot of marijuana. <laughs> That's our Chechnya marathon bomber. 
smoked a lot of marijuana. That's right. Because when you're really stoned, you like the first thing you do is like, hey man, I got a great idea. Dig <laughs> this up. Dig this up. Like, <laughs> I got a really, I got a really good idea. Uh, and then. Yeah, well, and then, a little, one of these clips, I'm not going to play these clips because they're tedious because this woman is so dumb. But uh, the, one of these clips, they talk about what – I wish I could figure out which one of the ones. It's either two. It might be two or it might be four. Try to clip four and I can tell and then we can kill it. Okay. Some Sorry. of the marijuana in cases like that but where it's legalized will be legalized. The, the Mexican oh, yeah. cartels who are involved in pretty – Heinous crimes, heinous. whereby people's lives are taken, will will ultimately be in be, be involved. Yeah, the yeah. other question that I want to ask you then, if you could just so he, so maybe it was like this: Hey, 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 I got a great idea. Let's um, let's do this. Let's let's do, stone. let's do this thing hammered, man. Let's <laughs> like let, how funny would this be if like we're all like really baked when we do this whole thing about marijuana? Hey, 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 you, you. uh Administrator. <laughs> no, and he goes, where are we going to get this stuff? Oh, any of our interns have got some. <laughs> who's, who's got, who's got the, the red vines? Dvorak. <laughs> Educate, and I see uh, our good friends from C-SPAN uh, is here. If you would t- <laughs> give them a toke. <laughs> what you would say to a mom or dad or maybe a governor or a state legislator. Now listen or to this carefully. A member of Congress. What is the problem with marijuana? If they would say to you, Administrator, there's really not a problem, they've just legalized it in color. There's been no recognized medical use and treatment in the U.S., huh. and that, that's been determined uh, by uh, the FDA uh, on, these, uh, on research that's been done. And there's a lack of accepted safety protocols for use of the drug, even under medical supervision. The reason why we're worried about this with young people is there's also a connection between schizophrenia, ah. psychosis, um, and it's the young marijuana user. Science. They have studies now. We didn't have these studies 10 years ago, but they have studies. They looked at the science, and this <laughs> is a dangerous science. drug. And uh-huh. the message that they're that the kids are going to get in social media, the message that kids are going to get on television, on the radio, in their songs, with their peers, uh, is that it's a harmless drug. So as parents, the parents need to say, here are the facts. And is or it, here's where you can go to get the facts. If a parent has, is it a gateway? Oh, man, bring back This Is Your Brain on Drugs, the egg commercial. Bring that. Bring that one back. That was great. Remember that? Yeah. Oh, yeah, the egg. Yeah, this is your brain. This is your brain on drugs. And I was going like, cool. Cool. It's a gateway <laughs> anyway, drug. Anyway, this just goes it's, on it's and on. And this woman is just an idiot. And this these Republican congressmen, who are all for, by the way, the federalized aspect of all this, when they should be supporting the Tenth Amendment and states' rights regarding this sort of law, because why do you had why did you have the Volstead Act uh, prohibition uh, prohibiting the drinking of alcohol had to be a constitutional amendment? Hey, but hey, this hey! Doesn't s- have to be. Hey, stop doing twit material on no agenda. This doesn't have to be. <laughs> yeah, very funny. Yeah. I take that material everywhere. As far as I'm concerned, explain to me. Why don't you explain it? What, can you explain to me why they had to have a constitutional amendment to make 
the consumption of alcohol illegal in this country. Oh, that's... But you don't need a constitutional amendment with the, with these uh, with marijuana. Some of these yes. recreational. No, okay. Drugs. Well, let me explain. Uh, first of all, because. The states determine what uh, people can do in their own state, not the federal government. It's the 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 Constitution Bill of Rights determines specifically, uh, and Tenth Amendment uh, specifically what the federal government can do. Um, but when it comes to uh, marijuana and federal regulation, which of course are highly disputed in California, although California is you know they're, they're all on board with the, the program, so they don't have the National Guard shooting at the feds as they invade their sovereign state. They uh, the, should. The great, yeah, they should shoot back, but they don't do that. And that is because, of course, uh, people are blithering, uneducated idiots by design. Our schools are setting them up to not learn anything, to learn lies and propaganda, and to turn the entire uh, state of the United States into a climate change-fearing bunch of blithering yahoos. Oh, I guess that explains it. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that. Okay, but but what? So okay, well, let me just say this for you. I should have clipped. I should have clipped this week in tech because who was the guy uh, who was on with you? The guy with the with the gout, the gout guy. Roger Chang. Roger he, Chang. And he, and he, and he, as soon as it, the only thing that triggered my response was his 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 parroting the phrase "federal law trumps exactly. state." Exactly. Exactly. Thank you. Knew you knew when you heard that that I wasn't going to sit course. down and hear that and listen to that. Well, what's worse is that that is a bullcrap meme that the media has propagated. What is worse is that there. I so here's why I'm frustrated because I'm seeing you surrounded by morons and it hurts me as your friend and colleague i'm like oh my god he's sitting there with morons and you know i didn't even log into the chat room because i knew that the chat room would be like ganging up on you because their no, chat no, no. the chat room was actually on my side for oh, the really? most part. Oh, okay well that's well, that, tend to be a, that chat room tends no, to be a bunch of no, radical it was, libertarians. It was chat room two. You were in the overflow chat room. You weren't in one. Believe me. No, but I know, but Believe I me. watch one. Believe one me. is you, you know, the layout in that yeah. place. Yeah. I'm in two, and then on this <laughs> big screen, one is going on. That's but, why I kind of prefer to be the, in two because I can see. But the two whole, chat. I mean, the whole thing is. It just it it really made me sad because I realized that so many people really believe this. And Chang, is Chang not a journalist? Doesn't he write for a living? What does he do? He He's one of those guys at Rev3 uh, doing shows. Oh, okay. So he's not a journalist. Okay. Yeah, it's just, it's like, it's so, it's sad, John. It's just really, really sad when I hear that. And that is indoctrination and repetition and bullcrap that people get bestowed upon them by the media that they think this way. And it's it's rampant. And it's... You can't stop it anymore. The only no, no, way- it's we we've already dis- decided you can't stop. But no. at least you can fight your little battle, right? How'd that work out for you? Yeah, I didn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> Accomplished nothing. <laughs> I couldn't even get anyone to go look at the Tenth Amendment. You know, it's like whatever, Ed Dvorak. He's a crackpot. He's an old geezer hanging out with what Curry. Does he know? Yeah. Oh yeah. And but that ageist thing has got to stop too. I, I mean, it's funny when you do it because it's, it's funny. But I don't, I, I'm not going to stand for people doing that to you anymore. I, it's you not. Know, Eric feels the same way. I don't think it's funny He's anymore. He's incredibly incensed, and I think with some justification that these, you know, these lib, they're always the liberal contingent. These liberals who have promoted this kind of, you know, don't stereotype, don't do this, don't do that, you know, politically correct. They're yeah. the most ageist people you have ever yeah. run into. Oh yeah. 
And uh, so I, I didn't clip it, but Sheryl Sandberg was on the BBC. Oh, Ten. Cheryl, here's the joke. So I'm, talk, I'm talking about Sheryl Sandberg. She's got this new book. Let's just, let's just, Sheryl Sandberg is the she's the most powerful woman in Silicon Valley this this week because she is the chief operating officer of Facebook. Right, that's where she's from. And Facebook. she wrote a book called Lean In. And the punchline is to show your tits. <laughs> in the morning. Okay. Buzzkill Jr. wrote that. <laughs> that kid's got a great career ahead of him. <laughs> in the cat skills. It's going to be great. Um, yeah, but, you know, and I, and I listen to this, and I'm listening, and Ms. Mickey is listening because, you know, the. My command center, uh, which you know, is basically in the kitchen, almost in this house, and uh, and, he, and she's like, even she's outraged by this bull crap. She's like, you know, men and women are different. You can't, you just can't force it that we have to be exactly the same. And you know, just and it's all about having babies, and you know, that's unfair. You know, it's it's like one of these days we're gonna. John, it's unfair that women have to have the baby. I'm telling you, one of these days we're gonna wake up and I'm gonna have to give birth through my butt. I'm telling you that that's gonna be law. Uh, the way we're headed and law and but there's this whole thing going on. I have this. I'm calling it the war on men. Really, is what I'm. I'm I, I think. I like it. That's exactly what. Okay, it is. so here is study fact. Let me just bring up the article here because this one really really made me laugh. From popsci.com, which is, uh, what is that, Popular Science, right? Popular Science Magazine. I guess. Um, a new paper in the May issue of Journal of Experimental Social Psychology, which we need to subscribe to, suggests that even seeing images of female role models can help women speak publicly and perform as leaders. Uh, and so they tested this, and, and what picture um, scored the best with women uh, to uh, uh, to help them speak publicly and perform as leaders. What picture? Hillary Clinton. Fuck yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yes. It's obvious. Just seeing Hillary Clinton's face <clears throat> improves women's public speaking. So I think the next time... That uh, don't you think that this is something pathetic about this? Totally pathetic. The, the, well, first and, of all... And it's, it's like Hillary Clinton, <clears throat> you know, the... Not a great person by any means is so worshipped by a huge contingent. In fact, you can you can hear it when you when sometimes you get oh. to a, a, these women they just gush over Hillary and how much she's done and how important she is and what a great human being she is and all the work she's done. This is the woman who can't even sweat. She literally <laughs> can't sweat. She's incapable of perspiration. I tell you. We've, we've discussed this on the show, and people have identified it. But guess what? Guess who was second? Who was second? Madeleine Albright. No, no, no. Sorry. No, no. A little more courant. Uh, let me think. Um, Ann Curry. No, so sorry. Angela Merkel. Oh, my God. I would have never guessed that. <laughs> yeah. Third on Do the list. I even know she's a woman. I'm not sure. Who was third on the list? Who? Bill Clinton. <laughs> I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. Yeah, on No Agenda. We have a few people to thank. Jeremy Johnson in Port Angeles, Washington, $125.69. The ITM, he says, in the morning, good to see Miss Mickey on TV. I saw that, by the way. What'd you think? Uh, I thought she's 
really a solid actress. And don't Seriously. you and don't you think that she would be great for the a third? Line was a bit much, but you know, the lines. She had a couple lines. Well, yeah, I mean, but I thought she carried herself well. She was backlit, so you really couldn't even see her that well. But it was a good performance. I think it was very believable. She could get work, and I <laughs> she should she should think she should consider acting. <laughs> yeah, no, really, seriously, it was really good. I what I think is um, they should put her in season three. By the way, that show sucks. No, I, you know what? I, that's what I thought too. But we really got into it because you got to. It's like well, yeah, it's, if you're in it. Well, you got to. It's like smoking dope. You yes. know, it's a gateway to Rubicon. Okay, okay. we want to thank Nelda Smith in Tavares, Florida. Hundred dollars. She came in as a check, and she did send a note and a card, which I feel obliged to read. Dear John and Adam, my son had been telling me about your show, and I really have enjoyed listening since January. Please send karma for my family and LGY. Thanks, Nelda. Western 6, Xavier, Jack, <laughs> 9. There you she's go. A ham. Of course he's a ham. We've, you know, the hams are all over this show, man. Hold on a second. Here's some karma for her. You've got karma. And a little girl, yay. Yay! LGY. <clears throat> that is the hippest hashtag to use. W6XJN. Uh, 73. Uh, Charles Boys, <coughs> Idaho, $100. Aaron Bear, uh, Elkins Park, Pennsylvania, uh, $100. Leonard Leonard. Leonard. <laughs> Leonard. 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 In Mooresville, Indiana, 7373. He's also uh, a ham. Kevin Nine, Kevin uh, Jones, uh, <laughs> Netanyahu. Yeah, real good there, John. Uh, why don't we, you know what? Can I just say one thing about this? I am uh, very disappointed that American hams uh, go through this. They don't just use like the traditional alphabet. So it would be Kilo Nine, Kilo Juliet, November. They all have to come up with these stupid like. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I see. I can see where you. It's annoying. Get on board with the program, old hams. Yes. Right. Yes. Steven Sevachuk. Sixty-nine. Sixty-nine. Oh, sorry. I, over, I overshot. Uh, by the way, uh, back to Hutchinson. He does mention he leaves a mac and cheese life. Well, um, thank you. Thank you for. Steven Sevchuk in West Orange, New Jersey, seventy sixty-nine. My old stomping grounds. And uh, he uh, said karma worked for him. And now you can ring the bell. 69! 69, dudes! And I will mention, there is only one, and it came in almost at the last minute. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) Because once this is over, that's it, right? We're not accepting him anymore. We're not going to ring the bell anymore. Yeah. We just we'll accept them, but we're not going to make a big deal. There's no more sixty nine, sixty nine. The streak will be over. Okay. So this is really pushing it. So you know maybe Shern should come back with a with a donation or a friend in. Uh, so I guess so. I'll, I'll, so do I ring the bell to close it out or what? Yeah, as soon as I say Mark or Mark Schwaben, or I'm sorry, he lives in Mark Schwaben, which is in Deutschland, I guess. Uh, Stephen Schun. Oh, this is what. This is a happy birthday donation for the one with the cute butt, Carrie. Who's that? Some special John and Adam karma for her. Uh, in case John gets around, he would love to get as much talked about recipe for pulled pork. The smoker's ready. Lots of greetings from Market Schwab oh, in Deutschland. The, that's the one who has the, she put the, the no agenda on her butt for the, she's the runner, isn't she? Yeah. She's yeah. the runner. It says noagendashow.com on her butt. Yeah. And she's got a pretty butt. Yeah. So she 
gets a lot of attention and is she's wearing a tight European kind of outfit. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, yeah, she hey. started it and maybe that would it would be ironic but it'd be cool if Stefan ended it. Could be 69 69 dude. Could be. Could be. It's well, been about a year and a half. Who started it again? Carrie. Carrie started did. it. Yes. Oh man, Boy, I just I just time flies when you're just having fun. just got a visual. Dean Fredrickson, 6616, Sam Menor, uh, Box Hill Scout, Victoria, double nickels on the dime. Uh, Eric Veet in Dublin, 50 bucks. And finally, this is how short this is. We're short people. Yeah. Uh, Adam Willis in Arlington, Virginia, $50. He canceled his $4 a week subscription because I was annoyed by all the inbox receipts and lines of donations in my bank statement. If you make a $16 a month donation, link available, I'll be happy to resubscribe. Okay. We'll set something like that up. And uh, he would like to have a, a little call out, which we'll give him, which unfortunately I just clicked on the wrong oh, button. Oh, you wanted science... Science, science is in. Science is in karma. The science is in. You've got karma. Science. So that closes out our donation what? segment. What? Yes, bad. And hopefully we'll pick things up by Thursday. Well, uh, yeah, because the I'm news gonna... cycle improves too, which yeah, wouldn't be a bad thing. Okay, we need a better news cycle. We need better art. And uh, well, and more uh, and more more contributions, yeah. more uh, support. I feel we a little more support. I feel a little shorted because yeah, I work really hard. Oh well, whatever. Well, yeah, whatever. No, whatever. Um, no, still haven't come. To the Adam bottom. and John will be traveling to Calgary, Alberta, Canada, where all the money is at the end of the month for a work assignment handling insurance claims for uh, my company. I'll be there for at least a month. I, and- I by the way, I got this note and I was thinking about it. And I sent him to Airbnb, and I haven't heard back. So I think he's found his solution. Well, okay. So he was... Because uh, I didn't want to turn the show into a dating site, you know. He needed a room for $2,000 a month or something. What does that have but, to do with dating? Well, it's like, you know, once, once we start get, having getting people housing on the show, the next thing you know, we're going to be a dating site. But once he went to Airbnb, I haven't heard back. Well, the only reason why I, I figured I'd pick it out of the pile is because you know he's a he's a monthly producer. Yeah, no, I that's why I was corresponding with him, and I think right. he's found this Airbnb in Calgary and that whole area. He's got all kinds of good deals. He was going through I don't know Hotwire.com or something. Oh no, 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 was cheap. <laughs> so we're um, uh, this summer, and you and I have discussed this uh, briefly in, an, in one email conversation. Um, so Miss Mickey and I are going to go to Europe, and I had requested with you specifically. I said I'd like to take one week, one whole week off, which you immediately came back with college fund, whatever. I can't remember what it was. <laughs> it would literally it was like yeah, uh, not the answer, bullcrap. <clears throat> it was something along those lines. Oh, I'll, I'll figure it out. No, no. What it was was you're the one that makes such a big deal about always doing the show. Yeah, because a college I fund. Here that you want to take a week off <clears throat> because I have to clear my head, and above all, um, we've been invited to stay with my uh, friend Michelle at his house in the south of France, and I know that that basically means we're just drunk for a week. So I'm like, I, I can't be like, you can't you do it half. Show down there, no. Well, so I'm taking the the new box, which by the way, I did the the test. Of the uh, uh, of my the podcaster, 
and and I'm gonna I think I'm gonna try it on the show on Thursday. Uh, it's it's getting, once again explain what you you made a box. Yeah, so I made a box. It's supposed to be very small, portable, um, and it it if and the idea is if you have this box, you can do the No Agenda show. So you can do clips, you can do Skype, you can do you know the whole thing, and it will sound good too. That's the whole idea. And uh, so actually, so test one was first. Uh, so phase one is getting the whole thing together, putting it, uh, you know, getting all the elements. Uh, phase two is creating it into a mobile situation that is small that I can small enough that I can actually test it. Because phase four or five would be uh, to have someone build this in one single unit. Now it's a whole bunch of <clears throat> print boards and things that I've uh, pieces. pieces that I put together. <clears throat> but actually, we went to okay. No, we went through stage three. I dropped it. By accident, but, I, but from like chest height. <laughs> that would be stage three. That'd be the testing uh, yes. drop test. Yeah, drop test, and it works. Stage three point five. Yeah, and it still works. So that was really cool. It's very light, and so I'm very excited about it. But right now, you know, it's like a box with a whole bunch of wires, so it doesn't really look all that fantastic. But it has it has everything you need. All you need to do is add a computer. Any computer will do. You know, any, and it doesn't have to be something specific. And you can do this show. That is the promise. You could also do a daily source code with it. But that is the promise of the podcast. So anyway, so I want to take that to Europe. And uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to fly into Amsterdam. Um, when you go on, what, what are we talking what day? What so the idea about? is July 19th, I think. Let me see. Hold on a second. Let me check this out. I'll tell you exactly what we're going to do. So, you, so you can uh, drone. I gotta me. put it in the book. Yes. Okay. Put it in the book. So, July. Uh, where are we? June. Here we go. June, July. Yes. So, after the show on the eighteenth, we we would leave on Friday the nineteenth. So there would be no show on the twenty-first. And so we fly to Amsterdam on the nineteenth. Then we fly down to. We're just staying overnight in Amsterdam, one night and a half. Then we're going to fly down to. Uh, the south of France on the 21st or 22nd. Then we're drunk that whole week. Um, and through the 27th, right? And then we've on the, uh, on the 27th or 28th, I can't freaking remember. Then we uh, drive to my sister in Florence. And then we fly back on Wednesday the 31st. Then on Thursday, the first of August, I I do a show again from. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. So so actually, we do it when I arrive in Amsterdam, Sunday the twenty first. We do a show, then take the Thursday and Sunday off after that, and then we're back on the first. This is how what my life is, people. This is what it is. I'm I, I'm. This makes me mad when we get like slow donations. This is what am I doing with my life? Give us the rundown because I need to know these dates. Okay. So we have a show from Amsterdam on the Sunday the 21st. Then no show on the 25th. No show on the 28th. We resume the show August the 1st from Amsterdam again. And then on the 8th, uh, I'm back in Texas for the show. On the 1st, you're going to do a show in Amsterdam. Yes, 1st of August. Oh boy! Wow, taking a whole week off—that's my vacation. That's less than the average citizen slave like gets. Week. You're going to be gone from the no. 18th I'm working and back to the first. That's two weeks. I'm working on the 21st. Working on my oh. so-called vacation. Well, 
Wait, is, I don't just show up for the show, John. There is actual work that goes into it. I think yeah, you might yeah, do the yeah, same. Yeah, yeah, I know, but I'm just saying it's not as though. No, that... it gets me angry. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Screw it. I'll do it after the show. It makes me mad. I'm looking at this. I'm like, I'm. What well, am take I doing an extra this for? Week off then, for God's sake. We can, what about doing some reruns or something? You might as well. Can, maybe somebody can make us another one of these uh, clip shows. Let's get some. Like, uh, you know, let's just have some other host come in. That's a good idea. You want to kill the show? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I'm considering it. <laughs> After I kill myself. Um, hold on a second. Um, you should never say that. Now that's going to be used as evidence that you killed yourself. Well, I'm going to erase it from the show. Mr. Adam Curry. No, Mr. Curry. Now. Dvorak.org slash N-A. All right, Nick the Rat has just suggested that you do the show with Leo. I think we have a winner. That's a great idea, Nick. All right. Uh, Stephen Schoen, of course, says happy birthday to Carrie Cutebutt Schoen. And uh, we appreciate you coming in with what may be the final Swazelnoff donation of 6969. Arbine Meta says congratulations to his son, Avi Meta, turned one turns one today on the 20th of April. Sir Ray Jacobson, congratulations, brother Ron, turns 49 tomorrow, and uh, his nephew Peter turns 18 tomorrow as well. Happy birthday from your friends here at the best podcast in the universe. And then we have one nighting from our uh, associate executive producer today, that is uh, Warren Carroll, who came in with a $200 donation, making him associate executive producer of this episode 506 of the No Agenda Show. And, of course, that takes him up to his knighting. So, Warren Carroll, step forward, please, and lean as we are very happy to welcome you to that elite group of supporters who have supported the No Agenda podcast in the amount of $1,000 or more. So I hereby pronounce thee, Sir Warren, knight of the No Agenda Roundtable for you, sir. Of course, your hookers and blow, your rent boys and chardonnay, your hot pants and booze, your wenches and beer, Ruben S. women and rosé, maybe geishas and sake, vodka and vanilla, bong hits and bourbon, sparkling cider and escorts, or if you're just hungry, mutton and mead. Thank you for supporting us. Thank you, everybody else who supported us. Also, our monthly donations. Um, and uh, uh, please, if you have not donated recently or if you have never donated, um, here's what I don't want you to do. Um, you hereby no longer have permission to email me. How many do you get of these, John? Hi, love the show. Donor, a uh, boner, can't donate, have no money, but I'm not going to answer these anymore. <laughs> Sick and tired of it. You answer them? Yeah, I try. You know, I'm, I'm like, no. oh, I'm, I'm hopeful. If somebody has something good to say, I'll pay attention. Yeah, it's complicated. Uh, let's take a little bit of uh, a little bit of medical news here. There was a very interesting. I think maybe they're trying to reclassify Tylenol or something. Have you been following this? That uh, the no, I don't know anything about the Tylenol thing. Yeah, so the, um, there's articles everywhere about Tylenol. Um, Basically, being good for your mind, it uh, makes you less anxious. So, you, so you know, like it's good. Tylenol's not good for your liver. No, in fact, it's very bad for your liver, and, and, and many people a year die from uh, ODing on Tylenol. Um, but it, I guess they're trying to reclassify it as some kind of calming drug. Mm. Yes, 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 yes. It's, there's a big PR push on. It's the same story everywhere. 
that you know research has shown that uh, people who take uh, Tylenol regularly, you know, it's not addictive like narcotics, but it does make you know it 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 soothes your mind. So they have not heard any of. Them. Let me start. Look it up. Look it up. Tylenol specifically, not even the drug, which is uh, what is it? Acetophenamine. Uh, acetophenamine. Yes. Um. Here it is. Uh, the Mord study, the Mord seems we may be overlooking subtle cognitive effects. Research shows it dulls the pain of social rejection. <laughs> yes, this is okay, very I, good. That's no. Ch- what a, uh, yeah. What's Tylenol doing to our minds? <laughs> Asks James Hamblin of the Atlantic. Apparently, this started in 2009. Yeah, but, well, so, and why and is it? Pushed it? They've been pushing this, apparently, so poorly that I didn't even know about it till now. No, it's it started popping up. Started popping up. Uh, Sir Dr. Sharkey, who was our... Uh, Several hundred people in the U.S. will die in 2013 from liver failure after acetaminophen overdose. Acetaminophen, right. Okay. I'm sorry, go on. Well, I mean, as I'm looking at the Atlantic article now as well, but I've seen it in several places, and people have been sending me this that you know it's you know okay. here it Found is it. among people who took the placebo, uh, those who wrote about existential existential anxiety set much higher bail than those who wrote about the dentist. But if they took Tylenol, and wrote existentially, the sense of moral judgment seemed to be blunted. I'm telling you, Tylenol <laughs> Tylenol makes you feel good. <laughs> you watch, you watch. Leads, gonna... The lead researchers see, dude, look this guy up. See Nathan DeWall, D-E capital W-A-L-L, the University of Kentucky. Mm-hmm. He says, nobody's ever tested the idea that it alleviates the so- physical pain and social rejection. Because you get, oh, I feel bad because somebody yes. told me to get lost. Bullying, bullying. Bullying, ah! There you go. Watch it. Watch it show up. Here, Tommy. There you go. Tommy, take some Tylenol with you to school just in case you get bullied. Yeah, you can also take a punch better. Let's <laughs> let's do this. Hold on a second. Let me just... Uh, Consult the book of knowledge. Tylenol bully. Let's see if anything shows up. Tylenol. Each evening, participants answered questions on the so-called hurt feeling scale. <laughs> which measures social pain the hurt feelings caused by, say, teasing. Uh, hurt feelings and social pain decreased over time in those taking acetaminophen, while no change was observed in subjects taking the placebo. Mm. The participants' happiness levels didn't change much over the course of the study for either group, so they didn't get any happier. No, it's not happier. It's five volunteers. <laughs> Uh, well, I'm just saying. I'm just. I'm just identifying it. I'm not. Uh, I'm not a medical doctor. Unlike- hey, you know, some other people. I've got a clip here. Some other people are identifying stuff that I would have never suspected in a million years. Play the poppies clip. Oh, what's going on with this? The Taliban finances much of its operations by selling opium, which is grown from poppies, which are right now being harvested. So here's the question. Why are American troops now helping Afghan farmers grow that opium? Nick Shepard reports from Afghanistan on a controversial new policy. 
In western Kandahar, poppy farmers score, fill, harvest their crop, and the Americans do nothing to stop them. Oh, what genius is this that we've been we've been <laughs> tracking this I for said. for five years? What genius news show was this on? It was a BBC or something. Really, Joe was, but as soon as I saw it, I said. What? Who? Where did the? Uh, what, did these guys find the memo at the bottom of the drawer? I mean, uh, what was, how is this news? Oh my goodness! Uh, yeah, <laughs> and also uh, um, imports from uh, Burma are now up as well. Now that we've opened it all up, it's like, please, well, look, we look, we know GE is importing cocaine legally. I mean, God, please. I mean, it's, it's not. This is not like big secrets, everybody. So apparently, the Afghan airline is whatever, Agua, whatever it's called. They've been, you know, we don't, we refuse to do business with them. And they're the ones that are shipping all the, uh, we, I, I guess we do not have full control over the entire poppy uh, uh, heroin opium distribution network because this airline, and you could, you can, it doesn't take much research to figure this out. They, they keep flying to some uh, town up in one of those uh, Russian states and with loads, they just loaded the gills with heroin and, and opium and then they, Go straight into Russia, and I guess they haven't been playing ball with us. And I think there's a that's where the Taliban's getting their money from this these guys. But uh, we are in the is, wrong business. We're in the wrong business. Oh yeah, these guys are, and they apparently this air, one airport just takes all the shipments. Nobody gives a crap. They just bring it in. I got a, a drunk, drunk or not drunk thing. If you want to try it, we need a jingle for that. I know. I, I've been waiting. Is this Diane Sawyer? No. Okay. It's just this is our friend Pat Leahy. Pat Leahy and Pat is where? How was? How do we acquainted with Pat? Senator. He's up there talking about gun control in front of Congress. Oh, okay. And All you right. tell me. I don't know. I could be wrong. Drunk or not drunk? Here we go. And if we agree that the background check system is worthwhile, should we not try to inform its content? <laughs> Wait. Can it be hammered stone as well, or only drunk or not drunk? And you, so it could be more effective. What responsible gun owner objects to improving the background check system? Stand up and be counted. Now, January hearing, I pointed out <laughs> that Wayne LaPierre, the NRA, <laughs> testified in 1999 uh. in favor of mandatory criminal background checks for, as he put it, every sale at every gun show. He went on to emphasize NRA's support for closing loophole in the background check system by saying, <laughs> in what has become an off-quoted remark, <laughs> no loopholes anywhere for anyone. What the fuck? What well, of course, <laughs> it's common sense to close the gun show loophole. Right, okay, let, let me, uh, common sense. Just say, um, uh, common sense. Um, Harry Reid, uh, uh, he was drunk, by the way. Harry Reid, who was not drunk, Harry Reid, who was not drunk, uh, gave us, uh, he messed it up. He, he was like, he, he gave us the code. Then he thought, oh, wait, that's the wrong code. Oh, wait, no, it's the right code. Family and friends of those who were injured and killed in Aurora, Colorado, were there. We had people here from the tragedy. But he forget how to read? No, listen. 33, 32, 33 people killed. <laughs> 33, 32, 33 people killed. <laughs> Please, Harry, get it straight. That's the magic number. Oh, it's the magic number. 
33, 32, 33 people killed. All right. We got it. We got it. We, <laughs> glad you got it right. Okay. That's all good. Yeah, that was giving the, the measurements of his flat girlfriend. <laughs> hey, now. Anyway, um, let me see if I have this here. I was going to. Hey. Uh oh. Did I lose this somehow? This is really bad. Oh, crap. Oh, here it is. Yes. Happy Earth Gay. Earth Gay? Yes. Happy Earth Gay. You know what tomorrow is? Tomorrow is the 22nd. Earth Gay? Yes. Happy Earth Gay. Well, Earth Day is in just two days, but here in Seattle, we're already getting a head start. Hundreds of volunteers from Out for Sustainability, a local gay advocacy group, cleaned up trails along the shores of Lake Union today for what they are dubbing Earth Gay. Armed with shovels and rakes, they weeded, mulched, and cleared out invasive non-native plants from the area. Organizers say Seattle's gay community echoes the city's view when it comes to saving the planet. It symbolizes the sort of collective global care of, of the planet that we all share. Um, and Earth Gay is a really in, interesting expression of that um, because we get to be visible both within our, our city but also within that movement. Earth Gay is in its fifth year, but organizers say it is gaining in popularity. The event has already expanded <laughs> to Tacoma, and next year the group wants to bring it to Portland. Austin can't be far off. Earth Gay, everybody. Perfect. Hey, you know, you know if they're going to clean up the place, <laughs> that's call it whatever you want. So um, so this Earth, so Gay and climate change seem to be uh, going together very well, as uh, reported here by Representative Whitehouse, uh, Democrat in the uh, U.S. Congress. Uh, to the extent that your question is, what can we do to make a higher profile for this issue, meetings like this and occasions like this actually answer that question. Um, for quite a while, we've been timid about standing up for what we know the scientific facts to Fact. be. Uh, I think we got knocked down by a very powerful propaganda campaign by the ah. uh, polluting industries. Polluting industries! The, as you pointed out, <laughs> the... Weather uh, changes that we've seen, the sea level changes, suck, have pushed back the. Uh, it's not in line with the lies. Public opinion, so that the propaganda campaign is, I think, of less and less effect. And now I think it's our task to try to make sure that climate change lines up right behind immigration and gay rights as an issue where the Republicans see that if they stick with this, they're going to run off the cliff like lemmings. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> die! Yeah. Yeah, die! Die, all of you lemmings. So tomorrow is Earth Day, and their uh, 350.org is launching a new movie. Uh, About Coney? <laughs> it's almost as good. So 350, this is very interesting. 350.org uh, is run, uh, I guess the head guy is uh, Bill McKibben. Yeah, we've and, talked about him before. Yes, we have. And uh, so I would like to play, uh, this is called Do the Math. He's a, yeah, so this is a bit. Do the Math the Movie. This is Do the Math the Movie. And I would uh, add to it Do the Math Slaves. And listen to the trailer because it's uh, it's very interesting. The memes that are being thrown in your face in regards to how we are we are basically we're dead. I mean, I'm not you're not even hearing me talking because life cannot we're exist. We're dead. To profit from that wreckage. 2012 was the hottest year in the United States since scientists started keeping records. 
my guest, Bill McKibben. Our nation's leading environmentalist. We're building the kind of political movement that will change things. As of tonight, we're taking on the fossil fuel industry directly. These companies are a rogue force. We're no longer at the point of trying to stop global warming too late for that. We're trying to keep it from becoming a complete and utter calamity. Carbon in the atmosphere greater than 350 parts per million is not compatible with life on Earth. That's strong language for scientists to use. Today, the atmosphere is 395 parts per million. We're dead! Oh, the fossil fuel industry has five times more coal and oil and gas and safe to burn. They are locking us into a future that we can't survive. This is the biggest emergency the human family has faced since it came out of the caves. We are out of distance. <laughs> we came out of the caves. Big point in America's history. If they carry out their business plan, planet tanks. Our sands are the turning point in our fossil fuel addiction. I say it's criminal. I say that not lightly. We subsidize the fossil fuel industries. And that is just financially and morally bankrupt. We have to send the message that we are going to hold them liable. We have a moral catastrophe on our hands. What's at stake now is civilization itself. This is the only question that will matter in the long run. We're all going to die. Die. So very interesting. She uh, actually recut that and put that voice at the end. We're all gonna die. I love it how if they execute their business plan, it's all over. <laughs> yeah, business plan. You have your business plan over here, Billy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we're gonna kill, kill the, the earth. earth. Yeah, it's uh, here. It is. I got the PowerPoint right here. Um, like, go to slide eight, which is the kill the earth slide. That's before our P and L, which is. Well, how's that gonna benefit us? <laughs> before they. If they execute their business plan, they will kill everybody on Earth. So I uh, started reading State of... trailer. Uh, well, I'll get to that in a second. Um, so I looked up uh, their most recent... This is pretty funny. <coughs> this is their most recent Form 990. And this this company, is, I mean, this organization... So, you know, the board of directors, Van Jones, who was the guy yeah. who was... Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, it's all the usual suspects. But here's what's interesting. So um, on the board of directors is an actual dead person, Elizabeth Taylor, who last year, according to the report, worked three hours. That's great. It must be a different Elizabeth No, no, no. Elizabeth Taylor. Uh, no, what are you talking about? A different one. No, the, the, Some woman named Elizabeth Taylor. No. Naomi Klein. These are all celebrities. Let me see if Elizabeth Taylor. So they, so they dug her up from the grave, and Apparently. somehow she worked three hours. Elizabeth Taylor, three fifty. There's a joke in there somewhere. I'm sorry, I couldn't just come up with it instantly. Let me just see if she's uh, if she's uh, if she's a member of this or not. Elizabeth Taylor. I mean, I don't know. Well, I don't. know. Maybe it's a different Elizabeth Taylor then. But it, well, maybe just yeah. It seems. Mm. Well, they have her on the. They have her down for three hours, according to their tax filing. She died in March twenty third, two thousand eleven. This must be the two thousand eleven thing. Dude, it, it doesn't matter if it was two thousand twelve or two thousand eleven. She was not working in, two, in, in between January and March. She was in hospital, dead. 
In the hospital. No, in hospital is the way we say it. Um, oh, come on, don't they have the board of directors here? Let's see, our sources. Um, well, this is crazy. And what would she do for three hours? I don't know. Apparently something. So this outfit. With sex, perhaps? So the... They made uh, three million. The three million they brought in. It's a very interesting. We've talked about these guys before, but anyway, uh, it's a good. I think I agree. I think it's a very good uh, trailer. What I think is interesting about this trailer is they are actually kind of using uh, conspiracy theorist type language. Yeah, you know, and that. and editing. You know, it's like if they complete their business plan. I mean, this is exactly, you know, if the elites. If the Rothschilds complete their business plan, every man, woman, and child will be enslaved. Um, so I started reading State of Fear by Michael Crichton. Oh, my God. A must-read book. A yeah. must-read for anybody. No wonder. And they probably killed him. How did he die? <laughs> That's what I was always How thinking. did he die? With a pricker. <laughs> now, what did he die of? Cancer? Cancer, I think, yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. And, and So there's this whole... He actually equates... The um, the the global warming, climate change, advertising, call you what you want, movement to the eugenics program of the Nazis. And what's the uh, what's the connection? What's killing the killing people. Oh well, there could be that. Yeah. Well, they definitely want, you know, this is the same group that wants to cut the population. We got too many people. Yes. I mean, it's, it, it's all these people stem from the same basic movements. There was that Club of Rome that said we had too many people. There was that the, the zero bomb or whatever it was called that the Stanford guy wrote about where the population growth bomb, whatever it was called. That was going to we, we have too many people. We got to stop. And then there, there was this, also the same group that had the uh, climate change where it was a f- global freezing. We're going to have a new op- Right. Ice age, and you know we can't, we won't be able to sustain all these people, and now we can't sustain whatever because of you know everyone's going to be dead. No, it's a, there's a large contingent of well, for, there's two. There's, there's actually the way I see it, there's two groups. There's the contingent that propagates these messages and memes. Can I? Can I? Can I, I what I would like to do is I'd like to read. I'd like to do a and reading. There were the dummies. Can I do a reading? Oh, I'd love to hear a reading. Can by I do? You. Can I do a little reading? An excerpt from State of Fear. Yes. Right, and you stop me when it's boring, okay? Go. Well, you better be careful because sometimes I, I, I don't stop you. Sometimes. Oh, yeah. Imagine that there's a new scientific theory that warns of an impending crisis and points to a way out. This theory quickly draws support from leading scientists, politicians, and ce- celebrities around the world. Research is funded by distinguished philanthropies and carried out at prestigious universities. The crisis is reported frequently in the media. The science is taught in college and high school classrooms. I don't mean global warming. I'm talking about another theory, which rose to prominence a century ago. Its supporters included Theodore Roosevelt, Woodrow Wilson, and Winston Churchill. It was approved by the Supreme Court. Justices Oliver Wendell Holmes and Louis Brandeis, who ruled in its favor. The famous names who supported include Alexander Graham Bell, inventor of the telephone, activist Margaret Sanger, botanist Luther Burbank, Leland Stanford, founder of Stanford University, the novelist H.G. Wells, the playwright George Bernard Shaw, and hundreds of others. Nobel Prize winners gave support. Research was backed by Carnegie and Rockefeller Foundations. The Cold Springs Harbor Institute was built to carry out this research, but important work was also done at Harvard, Yale, Princeton, Stanford, and John Hopkins. Legislation to address the crisis was passed in states from New York to California. 
These efforts have the support of the National Academy of Sciences, the American Medical Association, and the National Research Council. It was said that if Jesus were alive, he would have supported this effort. you got to write that one down because Jesus, that will come back for global warming. All in all, the research, legislation, and molding of public opinion surrounding the theory went on for almost half a century. Those who opposed the theory were shouted down and called reactionary, blind to reality, or just plain ignorant. But in hindsight, what is surprising is that so few people objected. Today, we know that this famous theory was gain- that gained so much support was actually pseudoscience. The crisis is claimed was non-existent, and the actions taken in the name of the theory were morally and criminally wrong. Ultimately, they led to the death of millions of people. The theory was eugenics, and its history is so dreadful, and to those who were caught up in it so embarrassing, that it is now rarely discussed, but it is a story that should be well known to every citizen, so that its horrors are not repeated. This is literally from the book. Yeah. This is good, good stuff. And then you read through what eugenics is. It was essentially um, not letting... Weak people crossbreed with strong people. And this is how the whole Jew thing came about. Because the Jews were were seen as weak and they had to be exterminated. Right. All the science, science was science. developed by science. the United States. That's right. And we promoted it with the, with the same kind of propaganda. And, oh, I'm on board. Oh, you're an idiot. The science is in. Everybody agrees that this is better. And we got to the point where we were experimenting on the public. We were, you know, giving idiots syphilis and we all yeah. this stuff was yeah. because we didn't give a crap. Yeah. And Castrating yeah, no, it, was, it was dreadful. And it was the, it was part of this whole thing that was taking place in the twenties where they were, had the time motion studies and all the rest of it. There was a very, uh, very weird time in American history, but yeah, everyone was on board. And then, oh, shh, 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 yep. don't say anything. HG, the Nazis actually implemented it. Yep, H.G. Wells spoke against ill-trained swarms of inferior citizens. Theodore Roosevelt said that society has no business to permit degenerates to reproduce their kind. Luther Burbank, stop permitting criminals and weaklings to reproduce. George Bernard Shaw said the only, only eugenics could save mankind. Right, this was during era of forced sterilization. Yeah. And you'd go to when you go to court, you'd have, you know, you'd be found guilty of misdemeanor something or other and then they'd force you to be sterilized. Oh, you got to cut, cut the guy's balls off. That'll change things. That'll fix it. So, but just At least you don't have to worry about his kids. But I just love the comparison that that Crichton makes to the the current, you know, you're crazy, you're sh- you know, you're shouted down. It's exactly the same thing. And and what will this wind up doing? I think this will eventually wind up killing people. This whole climate change thing. Stop breathing. Oh, I'm sorry. You, you've had too many breaths today. You have to limit your breathing. Anyway. Yep. A good book. A reading by Adam Clark Curry. It was good. Thank you. We could do more readings. We probably should introduce that to the show. Or maybe I should just do an audio book. Oh. Apparently, <laughs> apparently it is just you. Maybe you should. Yeah, it, apparently I mean, it you pays. Think you nothing. can do it. I mean, it's apparently hours and hours yeah. and hours, and then the guys stop you and say, "Well, I can yeah. reread that sentence." Oh God, do I have to? Yeah, I I would do it if only to have Leo have to promote me for Audible dot com. That would be <laughs> that would be enough reason. 
Actually, you'd have to do it all on the on this QT. I'd go on the show and then I'd say, you know, a book I heard it, and then he'd <laughs> go to this, the page, play this, <laughs> and then he'd see your name and freak. Oh, how did he? When did he do that? Uh, so, um, so Doctor, um, no, Sir, uh, Sir Doctor Sharkey, uh, recent Night of the No Agenda Roundtable. Uh, he, you know, we have a, a number of uh, doctors, physicians who uh, who produce the show, listen to it, and uh, contribute. And uh, so he's been following along with the war on crazy that we've been talking about. And I just want to read an email from him. He said, Adam, it's not just mental illness. With physical illness, the so-called experts keep changing their definitions. When I started my training, diabetes meant blood sugar higher than 200. Then it was 140. Now it's 126. Then several years ago, they invented pre-diabetes. The number to meet that definition has gradually gone down to over 100. The same can be said for blood pressure and cholesterol. And then he yeah, ends actually, up. My doctor pointed out the cholesterol conundrum. He says they keep changing the number. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. He says, and he says they get they like max out the amount of drugs they can prescribe, and then they change the number. Yeah, yeah we got new customers. How are we going to get new customers, Bill? <laughs> new customers. Let's change the number. Yeah, we need some new customers. <laughs> yeah, I love it. It's genius. Oh, and I finally figured out Max Kaiser's angle on Bitcoin. Okay. Yeah. Ready for it? I'm ready. Here, here he is with his girlfriend. Uh, I, I, maybe it's his fiance. Uh, he apparently he's uh, he's stooping uh, Stacy. Did you know that? Who's stooping who? Stacy. Stacy Herbert. That woman that's on the show. Yeah, that's his girlfriend. Oh, let me see. Let me. I guess I can't remember what she looks like. Mm. Max. She, she's good for him. I think. And Stacy. Uh, images. Max Kaiser and Stacy. You know, you know who she is. She's got the short hair. She's always like, oh, Max, you're so funny. She's like uh, Howard Stern's Robin, in a way. Oh, that woman. Yeah, yeah. So apparently they're, they're lovers or whatever. Oh, but that doesn't matter. Anyway, so she kind of leads him into the disclosure. Um, now, this is the. Or wife, someone's yelling in the chat room. All right. Winklevoss twins have invested. Uh, they own 1% of Bitcoin, apparently. And Cameron Winklevoss says, people say it's a Ponzi scheme, it's a bubble. People really don't want to take it seriously. At some point, that narrative will shift to virtual currencies are here to stay. We're in the early days. Now, Max, you have a um, patent on virtual currencies, and this is what we're going to talk about in the next episode. Hello. Yeah, he has a patent. Yeah, I think we, I think we, I, I forgot about the patent, but yeah, I didn't. I, I didn't think know we kind of mentioned this, maybe not. Well, he has a patent, but apparently he's uh, he's licensed the patent to Cantor Fitzgerald. Okay, so anyway, this is, what is this thing that uh, oh, there's some there's some Silicon Valley thing that they're trying to launch Goonies or Boonies or they tried this with beans and no, well, yeah, but there's a dumps. new there's a new one. We got to laugh about it. It's. Uh, Ah, uh, what is it? Uh, Eric the Shield pointed this out to me. Uh, Zoomies, uh, uh, coinies. Come on, what is it called? It's, I don't know. it's the Open Coin Initiative. The Open <laughs> Coin. I like that. <laughs> Hold on, I think that's what it is. Open Coin. Let me just check. I like that idea. I think that's a good name. Uh, maybe it's not called that, but I just made up a really good one. I thought it was called the Open Coin Initiative. Hmm. Open Coin. Yes, Open Coin. There we go. I'm right. Open Coin. Ripple. Ripple. There we go. It's a ripple. It's ripple. a ripple? Ripple. You mean like the cheap wine? Yes. Ripple.com. Go to ripple.com. The world's first open payment network. It's free. It's open. 
Only 0.0001 per transaction. Say goodbye to 2 to 3% fees. Your money should belong to you. Send money in dollars, euros, yen, or Bitcoin. No added work or fees for foreign transactions. Transactions are confirmed within seconds. No more waiting days for bank transfers. Well, they're hitting all my buttons. That's <laughs> the idea. Yeah. No, it's great. Ripple. Ripple. Part of the Open Coin Initiative. Hmm. Well, we'll see. Oh, 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 one. Yeah. 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 Right. right. <laughs> hey, but, but Bitcoin's at what today? 125. We're, yeah, we're good. We're rolling back up again. We're rocking it. it. Yeah. <laughs> Dump it. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not dumping it at all. One day, either we're just going to laugh about it or I'm going to build a house. If we're with $100 million, you build more than a house. Yeah. I'll build you a house, too. Put that in the red book. Thanks. Okay. I'm putting yeah. it in the red book. I get a house. So the uh, <laughs> Adam owes me a house. So on the 30th of April, the Dutch queen will abdicate her throne to the Prince of Pills, the Pilsner Prince, Prince Beer, Willem Alexander, with his smoking heart Argentinian Princess Maxima, who is just, uh, every, every boy loves dreaming of her. That's the princess you want. Google her. Is she a hottie? Oh, Google Princess Maxima. Okay, Are you well, kidding me? Is she hottie? She's from Argentina. What's she doing from that? If she's if, what? That makes no sense. Oh, the oh Holland and Argentina go way back. Way what's back. The, what's her last name again? Uh, Princess is her first name. What's her last name? Maxima. Maxima. Named I mean, after the magazine. That's right. <laughs> Just Google her. Yeah, I'm seeing her. She's pretty. She's smoke. Come on, she's not pretty. She's smoking hot. She's kind of like Marissa Meyer can be hot. I, th- I think your your Mickey is prettier. Oh yeah, hello. Of course, Mickey's much prettier, much hotter. But for most royalty, are ugly as sin. Oh uh, well, I guess you have a point. Well, look there. at her husband. I mean, look at look at the prince. I mean, come on, the guy he, the guy unfortunately looks like his grandmother. I mean, the guy is just beat looking. Anyway. So they will become king and queen on the 30th of April, which, of course, is traditionally Queen's Day. And I think they're going to change. They'll, it'll, they'll, they'll keep the 30th of April to be King's Day and everything. Um, but the celebrities of the Netherlands came together and um, this big, big brouhaha over the official song of the uh, of the abdication. And uh, and the lyrics are I mean, so uh, I'm not going to go translate all the lyrics, but the lyrics are. So insane. They're like, you know, we, we stand by you, King. We stand beside you. We build a dike with our bare hands for this you. This sounds like something you'd hear in North Korea. It's, it is completely North Korea. And now there's like petitions everywhere. Here's the BBC with a little report about the, uh, the King song controversy. That's the song. I don't want to play the whole song. I just wanted the BBC report. I'm sorry. Prince Wilhelm Alexander and Princess Maxima. 
They are one of the most popular royal couples in Europe, which is possibly why this anthem has caused such a public outcry. It was released to celebrate the start of Wilhelm Alexander's reign, following his mother Queen Beatrix's abdication after 33 years on the throne. But many of their loyal subjects object to what they say are the unimaginative lyrics. I build a dike with my bare hands and keep the water away. <laughs> Through the rain and the wind, I will stay close to you. <laughs> Others say the style is too Disney. <laughs> of course it's Disney. It's like North Korea. <laughs> and then there's this. Unusual mix of musical genres. I got a bunch of rappers in there. With All just right. over a week to go until Vil- So it's. It, I, I think. I think they've gone insane. Yeah, but you, you know, you're. This is. I, I like your meme, and and we have lots of Dutch producers. You all should just go. I mean, when you read these lyrics, it literally is like, I stand by you, I beside you. Can you ever be ready for this huge job? I mean, all that's missing is the words, our beloved leader. It's yeah. really that sick. It's totally North Korean and Disney, which is which is the nice same company. Disney's trying to open up shop in North Korea. Yeah, it's the same company. Yeah, it's all the same company. <laughs> we know how to do this right. Yeah, we sure do, everybody. Absolutely. And they do. Yeah. Um, all righty. Well, we'll see what uh, the week brings us. Uh, we will be. Uh, ooh, I'm gonna make. I'm gonna make an outstanding product, which I shall try on Thursday's show. A tip from uh, our uh, our bacon uh, guy at the uh, Austin Market. Yeah, I'm going to make chocolate bacon on a stick. Ah, uh, this is the text. The Texas part of the. Of, this is the the dark side of you <laughs> down there. What's <laughs> What's wrong with chocolate bacon on a stick? See? I, that's it. There's the dark side. You don't see that as being wrong. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with chocolate bacon on a stick. God. It, it, just Google it. There's plenty of examples. Huh? Yeah, deep fat, deep fat fried Snickers bars. That'll be next on your no, list. No, no. Bacon, chocolate, bacon on a stick. That's what... Uh, that's what Fried um, bologna. That's right. <laughs> so uh, we will have that outstanding product. We will be testing that on the show. And uh, I'm sure we'll have all kinds of bullcrap to deconstruct for you because that is what we do here on the best podcast in the universe. Please support us so we don't have to resort to begging. Have on you the tried corner. chicken fried steak yet? You're in Texas. That's where the home of chicken fried steak. No, I have not. Oh, it's a must. In the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. And from Northern Silicon Valley, I'm John C. Dvorak. And we'll talk to you again on Thursday right here on No Agenda. The best podcast in the universe. Dvorak.org slash N-A. Adios, mofo.